Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Valverde. Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast Show 279. And this one's going to be a little bit different than most of them. I'm actually doing this show alone. We got the drafts coming up. Actually, a big weekend. It's Friday, August 18th. A big weekend for drafts. Next weekend is big as well. And then it's an enormous, basically your last weekend you can draft Memorial uh, Labor Day weekend. So... I'm doing this show alone, and I'm pretty excited also that there's going to be about a 50-minute interview of Christopher Harris from Harris Football, ex-ESPN, uh, player write-up writer, has his own daily podcast at harrisfootball.com, does a great uh, player review um, kind of package every year too. Just an awesome, really friendly, good guy to talk to about fantasy football and I have a nice little uh, chat with him that we'll be playing in this show along with my draft strategy. So this show is basically going to be D-Rex alone doing his draft strategy, kind of going through his harebrained, uh, no real kind of rhyme or reason or order to what I'm talking about here, just going through different bullet points and important things that I use and I find success in drafting fantasy football goodness. So I think it's going to be a different type of show for the Pyro Podcast. Usually I've got a stag party or a Houdini on with me. Uh, But tonight I am going to be going at it alone. Sorry if I sound a little bit under the weather. My allergies have been going friggin' ballistic. But um, we're going to power through because if I don't get this show done tonight, it's going to be way too long. And I just want to get my draft strategy for you folks out into the ether, and as well, I um, actually recorded with Chris a few days ago, so I want to get that um, interview up and out so people can hear it. He's got some great insight. So, really, without much further ado, I just want to go in and say, 
Hey, I appreciate you guys that have joined us on this journey from a while ago and have been listening to the Pyro Podcast. For those of you that are new, I think you could hopefully sense that there's something different happening here. We've got a different type of approach to fantasy football. We're trying to have fun. We're cranking back some beers. I actually was out um, at grabbing dinner with uh, some folks tonight, and I came back. Uh, it's about 10 o'clock at night. So I've had a couple Valverdes. I'm going to slam back a few more, try and keep my tears stuff uh, to a minimum and then we'll play that uh, interview so again no order no rhyme or reason here listen to it all and live it love it it's just a woman all right basically I'm going to start out with some uh, uh, with a point here on, on draft strategy know your rules we said it a lot on our pyro podcast you hear Houdini say it know the rules of your league know how they affect certain positions if you're in a four point quarterback uh, touchdown passing league, you know, that's a little bit of a hamper for the quarterback uh, position. If you're rewarding running back, running from a quarterback a lot, you got to bump up a few of the players out there that are going to be more likely to run. Guys like uh, Russell Wilson of past, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott led all uh, running backs last year with rushing touchdowns and uh, might continue to do so. So you've got to move guys up. So know your league. Do your defenses. How do they score? If, if certain leagues go crazy on defensive scoring, I've had uh, games where I've put up over 20 points by my defense, and I've had games where I've had a defense get scored like, I think San Diego scored like 27 points on me one week. So if you're in one of those leagues that can actually have a huge impact by having a lot of sacks, interceptions, maybe it's uh, based on you get points for keeping the score low or keeping a team underneath a 250-point threshold equals you know five points. If Know your league. Know what's going on. If you're in one of those defensive point-laden leagues, don't be scared. Everyone in the industry is like, oh, don't take a defensive kicker till the end. I don't buy by that at all. Know your league. If your defenses are uh, given a lot of points, know that. Uh, kick returning. How does that work? How do you how do you get points for your special teams uh, as far as the team defense goes? Know all this stuff. And you're going to hear some little uh, excerpts where I'm slamming back a beer. So here's one of them. Woo! Get that. I guess that's the one one thing about doing the show with two people is I get to uh, throw back my Valverde's while either Stags or Houdini's talking. But knowing your league is super important. I think uh, it just is it, it's crucial. You know, it's it, if you uh, if your special teams and your kickers uh, give you a, a lot of points um, for. Um, special teams in the defense, then you know you get, there's a couple teams that have good kick returns that you got to bump up a little bit. So I think all of this is uh, is pretty obvious, but you would be surprised at how many people draft, come up with their rankings, do their tiers, and they don't even do the first and foremost most important thing, and that is, oh wait, what what do I get rewarded for each of these positions? Because that is strategy. That's how you should figure out and decide who you want. All right, I'll go to my next point, and it's one that you hear us beating the drum on almost tirelessly, maybe annoyingly, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's the most important thing, and we live and die by this uh, drafting approach, and that's tiers. Stick with your tiers. Make sure you use tiers. 
Um, I'm going to do a quick little brief. There's a great video that we've got up on the website, and you can get it on our YouTube channel for Pyromaniac as well. It's me and Houdini talking about tears, and it's just by far the best way to go into any draft. All you really have to do is bring one sheet of paper that's got your uh, four uh, or six or seven columns uh, on it, and it's just a, an unbelievably dominating way to get a bird's eye view of who you should be taking in your draft and which position. You don't have to worry so much about this overall two. 200 rankings, you just can kind of look at a position you're in need of at that given round in the draft, and whoever's the highest guy up on your tiers list at that position, let's say you're looking for a tight end this round, whoever the highest guy in your tier is, grab him, put a highlighter of him, boom, you don't need to touch the tight end position for a little bit. So tiers, work them, you reuse them. To get the information from our podcast or any other resources that you love out there for fantasy football. Use a lot. There's so many great fantasy football minds out there, whoever you're following on Twitter. Uh, just get all the intel, but bundle it down and bury it down and take all that information and that intel and realize it. Uh, and bring it to life in your tiers. You don't want to be in the draft on on the clock and looking around all these different websites and looking through a magazine or going through your notes and just do all that stuff. Prep it up. Get your tier sheet. I'm telling you, once you go tiers, you never go back. Um, I think that is supposed to be said about something else, but holla for a dollar. We won't go there. Um, you know, the next thing I'm going to say is I like having players that I enjoy, that I actually like, and like as people, like as players, like watching. Because let's for not forget, you know, you're, we're trying to have fun here, and you know, when I'm doing my tears, I definitely bump up guys that. I genuinely enjoy watching play on uh, on Sundays and, and whatnot. So try and get guys on your team that you actually enjoy and like as, as, as people and players and are on teams that you enjoy watching because it just makes it a more fun experience. It's like if you don't like a guy and he's on your team, even if he's a great player, it just is kind of uh, anticlimactic because you, you, you end up not really watching their games and I just don't think it's a smart approach. So grab guys that you like because uh, on a weekly basis you have to enjoy them and you have to watch them. And I think just from a uh, almost a karmic standpoint and just a, 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 a power from above standpoint, whenever I have t- players that I really enjoy and have a pine for and have a love for, whenever I have them on my teams, my uh, I, I usually do a lot better and win championships uh, with the players that I, I truly covet. So... I think that's an important thing. One bit of news that uh, I think is important, and uh, I've always, um, I've always kind of this is two point. Like one, don't worry about the IDP of players on the drafting list of the website you're drafting from. Let other players in your league make that mistake of caring what. CVS or ESPN or Fanball, which actually RTS Sports, or whether you're doing it on like Sleeper Bots doing leagues now, if you're doing it on, um, you know, on, on My Fantasy Leagues or Flea Flicker, on any, don't worry about who they think is the greatest player at the position or their overall top list. Let other people go by that. Sometimes th- th- these guys know what they're talking about, but do you? Don't draft a guy because he's number one and he's the highest guy overall positions 
on your draft queue for the league that you're, you're that you park your league at and you're doing your draft on. That's just not a smart way to go. They don't know anything more than you do. Go by you. Um, use your tiers and all that good stuff. So I think that's a super important thing. And I think on the on the the tip of ADP, and this is something that you'll hear Christopher Harris talk about uh, when we. I uh, had a chat and I did a little interview with him earlier in the week and I thought it was it was good it was really good fantasy football goo is the fact that this weekend truly is the weekend that a lot of people are drafting so you know we'll, I'll talk a little bit later as one of my bullet points is mock drafting super important always be mocking doing you know test driver you know dress rehearsals of your draft and whatnot but. The truth is when you're mock drafting and when you're doing these expert drafts, it's it's not the true litmus test of what's happening in real leagues as much as when you're getting this ADP information from the big dog websites of what people are actually doing for leagues that they're trying to win money and win a championship in. And that really more or less starts at a big number in big numbers this weekend. And I thought that was something that was really a, a great piece of input from um, Christopher Harris that I'm totally down on board with. So now you can really, after this weekend, start focusing on, oh, well, what's this guy's ADP? Where does he fall? Um, kind of before it, it all is kind of maybe just uh, missing, not 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 super uh, important intel. Um, all right, so that's about it. As far as tiers go, I think one thing just – I like to go to uh, Kinko's 11 by 17 of my tiers. I put it on a bigger piece of paper so I can take notes, put my team on it. You know, be it. I just don't want it's some of these tiers, especially for like a wide receiver. If you're in a a, a league that has you know 20 plus rounds of drafting, you got to have it, and you've got 10 to 12 teams in that league. It's a lot of wide receivers getting picked in that draft, so you've got to have a real long list. So instead of having everything crammed so you can barely read it on an eight and a half by 11, I like to put everything on an 11 by 17. Most people don't have an 11 by 17 printer. Go to Kinko, spend the one dollar. Uh, on the on the prints on a uh, eight and a half, I mean eleven by seventeen piece of paper, you will will not be sorry that you did do that. So uh, another thing I think that's uh, important, and it'll be kind of a pyro promo here a little bit, is if you ever need a second opinion on a guy. Um, that you're thinking, you know, kind of in tears, you you really are trying to pit one guy against another guy and saying, who would I draft more? And whoever that guy is, you put in the tier above him. But if you ever are like really on the fence about a guy, I'd say there's two things you do. One, go to Twitter and do a search on him. There's some great resources, great people out there that talk about players and have some great analytics and great data about, and great just fantasy football nuggets about players. And I think it's a, a great resource to do, uh, to find interesting stuff. And, and when you're really on like, do I like this guy more? I like that guy more. I'm not sold on either. Let me do the research and kind of vet out these two players and see where I take it. So I think doing that on Twitter's also going by our tiers. Go in our uh, basically on our website. We've got a lot of tiers from uh, from all of us. I'll be posting a few more tiers by the guys uh, this weekend as well. But go and check out. See where we've got them. Go to Fantasy Football, uh, Fantasy Pros. Check out uh, Fantasy Football Calculator. Check out some of your favorite other resources. Buy our draft kit, whatever. But check out and and, and, and figure out who you, you know, get a little leg up and see where some other people have, have these guys' ranks if, if you're 
getting a, a little tied up on on, on your um, your tears. And you know, our collective tears are the tears that all the five of us, me, uh, Archer, Heartbeat, Stag Party, and Houdini are doing our tears. And the collective is our is the average of who we have a player at. So check that out uh, ever, whenever you want the collective tears. Great tab in our draft kit. Uh, I'll be promoting the draft kit a few times in the show. Sorry, but uh, the thing is just such a beast uh, that it's just uh, I'd be doing you a disservice not to push it. Because if you buy it, you're going to be like, "Holy crap! I am a, I just took I just took fantasy football friggin' steroids just now." Um, I think another thing you can do is sign up for Pyro Pro. We've got a thing called Second Opinions in Pyro Pro on your timeline dashboard, where you can just ask us any question you want. Got a question about fantasy football preseason before your draft? You got a question week to week about who you should start? You've got a waiver wire, uh, solid positioning, who, who should you pick up? Uh, you've got a trade offer that was made to you and you want a, a second opinion on whether you should pull the trigger on or not? Second opinions on Pyro Pro. 40 bucks for the whole year, for a year. That means if you buy it tomorrow, you'll get it from a, a year for a year from now, not till the end of the season. So you'll be able to use it all next summer and off season up until what August 8, 19th or whatnot. So check that out. You can also do it uh, week to week and month to month for uh, $10 and $5. But those second opinions, if you actually sign up for Pirate Pro and utilize that resource, you're going to get from me, Stag Party, Houdini, or Heartbeat, you're going to get unbelievable detailed feedback um, on questions that you ask. You can upload images to show your your lineup and you can pick a different selective kind of category that you were asking that question within. It's pretty badass. We have a good time answering them and uh, damn, a lot of people are using Pyro Pro and a lot of people are answering these questions. So um, we must be doing something right in that one. So uh, next thing I'll go on to, uh, that was kind of second opinion if you need another resource. Another thing i say is be fluid in your drafts. This is an important thing for me. There's all these different draft strategies, whether it's zero RB, modified zero RB, zero wide receiver, all this uh, late round QB. And amen, there, there ain't no right, there ain't no wrong. These are all great uh, solid approaches that I think smart, smart people are are talking about. You know, the late round quarterback JJ Zachariason uh, actually was on the Pyro Pulse podcast with the Heartbeat. We posted it last week. Uh, you know, he's got a great mind on a lot of this stuff. But at the end of the day, I'd say be fluid. Don't go into your draft with any sort of preconceived. This is the way I'm going to draft today. This is my uh, approach for 2017. You know what? Have some of these kind of models and these just approaches up your sleeve and utilize all of them. But as the draft kind of is going, things change. All of a sudden, a run happens on a position. Don't don't go by what you thought you wanted to do four days ago because now the draft might be showing you a different hand. So I think just, you know, Bruce Lee said it, be like water, be fluid. Uh, when, you know, my thing is, is when somebody's running, I like to walk. When they're walking, I like to run. I like to start runs. Sometimes I like to jump on a run after someone else has started it because I know that if I don't, I'm going to lose out on, a, on a, some great players and it's going to come back to me and I'm going to be upset. But at the same time, sometimes when a position runs going, I like to go to the flip side and go to an exact opposite position uh, because 
you know, the, you get that yin for the yang. Uh, again, Christopher Harris, uh, when he was talking on the show later, when you hear it, he, he calls it, I like to zig when people zag. So same kind of thought process uh, there. So be like water, be fluid, go in with some ideas, go in with some players that you kind of like and you think you want to have on your team. But also go by your tiers, be fluid and take take the best guys and, and don't 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 get caught up on what you thought you wanted to do because you, you decided that before the draft started. Um, all right, I think in general, I think for the quarterback position, um, you know, there's a ton of depth. Uh, just a ton of depth at that position, um, maybe more than there ever has been. And there's a lot of elite depth. Uh, you know, you've got some insane, insane guys at the at the very top in the tier one. You've got your um, obviously your your uh, Aaron Rodgers, your Tom Brady, your Drew Brees. I think those guys all kind of filled out the tier one as far as uh, all of our beliefs at Pyro. Um, if you don't get one of those guys, I mean, even if you do get one of those guys, you got to go and you got to grab them in like the second, third round. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, fantasy football calculator. You get Aaron Rodgers; he's the tenth in a 12-man league. Uh, he's the he's the tenth. I mean, I'm going to make this PPR. I've got that on standard, but in, in a PPR league, Aaron Rodgers is the 25th pick. So that, that's basically he's the last pick in the second round. I just feel like you're giving up with how much uh, great, how many great quarterbacks there are in the league right now. I feel like you're giving up a lot of talent across that running back, wide receiver, and tight end position by getting him, where the points and the drop off isn't that substantial. I think something to think about is last season, 13 quarterbacks threw for uh, 25 or more touchdowns. Uh, of those tw- uh, 13 quarterbacks, or no, 13 quarterbacks also um, threw for over 4,000 yards. Think about that. 4,000-yard passing. 13 quarterbacks did it in 2016. That's a lot. Um, and then if you think about it, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, who of the teams that did both, were able to do both, nine. So nine quarterbacks last year. Threw for over 25 touchdowns and threw for 4,000 or more yards. If you're in a 12-team league, nine guys, that means 75% of the quarterbacks being drafted are going to hit those marks. So... You can't say that there's. You can't say that about uh, the difference in the drop off at other positions, at any of the other positions, running back, wide receiver, or uh, tight end. So I just think while it's nice to have an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, or you know, and I like the value you get with Drew Brees a little bit more. Just be smart about it because you're not giving up that much more. And I've noticed the teams that I see that go after an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady and go super high on the quarterback, they don't look as great because they're giving up that position strength at running back and wide receiver. And I just think when you look at some of these other teams and some of the guys that are you know a little bit lower and the value that you're going to be able to get on a quarterback that I love, like Kirk Cousins, um, super high on Cousins uh, right now. Who you can get Cousins in the is is in the ADP is going in the first pick of the eighth round. So think about that. That is that is five rounds later 
that you're going to be able to get a Kirk Cousins, essentially Andrew Luck's going a little bit before that, Derek Carr's maybe being a little overdrafted, Russell Wilson, I like him, but I just think Matt Ryan is early sixth round. Um, just think about how, is, is Marcus Mariota in the ninth or Kirk Cousins in the eighth? Is that that much worse than having uh, good old Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the uh, late second or some sometime in the third? Really think about that, and I think that goes back to doing those mock drafts where do pick do that and see who you get on some of these teams and feel and ask yourself, do you feel like you are benefiting from having that top quarterback in certain leagues? Again, know your league that you get a ton of points for from these guys, but again, I think um, I don't know. I think Cousins, I think can have, have a huge explosion games if Luck's healthy, like him. Uh, Russell Wilson early in the seventh round, I like as well. Um, but there's just a lot of people love Philip Rivers. There's Roethlisberger who has a 500 yard game and has the most talents uh, at his disposal of anyone. And Roethlisberger is the 12th quarterback going. So just think about that. He's the late. He's a late ninth round guy. Dak Prescott. I love that guy. I love that offense. I think it. I think with having Ezekiel Elliott being. Out and suspended, it helps uh, Dak Prescott. I think they're going to have to kind of um, release the kind of uh, uh, unshackle him a little bit and, and, and just say, you know what, we don't have uh, we don't have the Ziki um, for six games. Maybe it's dropped a, a game or two, but I doubt it. Um, and as a result, Dak, you're going to have to we're going to have to lean on that arm of yours a little bit more and wide receivers and whatnot. You're going to have to do more. Andy Dalton, love that guy. He's the 17th quarterback going. You can get Andy Dalton. I like him as a backup, obviously. Um, I think he's the best. After him, he's my favorite backup. I did a, a blog talk radio league the other day and, and was able to score him as my uh, backup. I forget what round it was in. But if I hadn't gotten him, I mean, it was just a huge, huge drop-off. So think about it. Tyrod Taylor's the 19th quarterback going. I like Tyrod Taylor. Matthew Stafford, 14th quarterback being drafted in the 10th. End of the tenth round. There is so much depth at this position. Don't do not feel like that you have to go in. And I feel like that's a question I get on Twitter, second opinions, and on Facebook a lot. It's like, what do you think about going for Aaron Rodgers? You know, I've got I'm, I'm sitting there and I've got a late uh, pick in, in each round. I was thinking about maybe grabbing Aaron Rodgers with my with fifteenth overall, my second pick, and I'm just like, no, don't do it. Get a great running back or a great wide receiver. Do that. And then if you want, if you're, if you're so badly neat, want to draft a quarterback early, do it in the fourth or fifth round with the breeze. Um, and I just feel like your, your team's going to be so much better off. So just think about that again. 75% of owners in 12-team leagues are going to be able to draft a quarterback um, that is going to throw for 25 touchdowns and throw for over 4,000 yards. Based on last year's stats, but it wasn't like this was some sort of like anomaly season uh, last year for quarterbacks. It's kind of been the trend where you can get great guys. Cam Newton, I, I think he'll bounce back. Jameis Winston, he's going to have some huge games. I just think there's so much stinking depth that quarterback. Uh, just don't go. Don't be the guy that goes too early on him. I just think it, it, it hurts your team in so many other spots. Um, all right, there you go on that one. Good times all around. Um, you know what? 
Before I get into the next uh, little bit here, do me a favor. And, uh, you know, we try and keep the lights on and get a little bit of uh, um, money paid to us through our sponsorships of the show. And we work through Blog Talk Radio um, on this. And, you know, it just helps us uh, with all the hard work we do. So uh, give us a second and just bear with us while you listen to a couple of our sponsors. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Um, well, you know what? I think one of the things I think is important also, and, you know, it's a little close to drafts now. This is something I preach a little bit in the, earlier in the offseason is offseason and, uh, you know, preseason draft strategy. But, um, you know, take it to heart for next year. Um, you know, muscle memory is an important thing in life. And there's a reason why, you know, gym rats and guys like Kobe and Michael and, the great players, LeBron, whatever, and even to go over to football, the, the, the earliest guy there and the last guy to leave, the whether it's the video room or the practice field, um, muscle memory is a huge thing. So in, in general, in fantasy football and in life, be, become that worker, you know, become the tireless worker, become that guy that puts in the time and the effort to be the best at his craft. I know it seems stupid and we're doing this fantasy football thing that is, is, it's got the word fantasy in it. What it, you know, you, you can't take it too seriously. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people in everybody's league that just don't even prepare day before the draft. Maybe they start doing a little research and they go in and they wing it. And sometimes they make great choices and uh, the stars align for them and it works out and they can they can win it all. But the truth is, and since I've been doing this website back in about 2009. Um, I'd be tried to really live by my words on being a hard, tireless worker and reworking my tears and always checking out fantasy and being on top of the news. And I'm telling you, I'm just I'm just kind of a dominator in most of the leagues that I'm in. Uh, I'm always I'm always just definitely I basically always make the playoffs. And um, I, mean, I know in my oldest league, I was looking the other day. Um, I've been in the championship game four out of the last seven years. Um, so, you know, that shows you some success. And these are, this is not a bunch of slouches. These are guys that have been doing fantasy football with me in a, in a, in a crazy kind of scoring and format league. Uh, real hardcore stuff. We play a must rookie. You must play a rookie spot. A lot of cool stuff happening and a lot of great fantasy minds in it. Uh, Dogmatica, who used to be with Pyromaniac, is in that league. Tenny Stegman, who was one of the guys that started Pyromaniac with forever ago. Uh, Mike Spike Jones. Uh, the, he actually, he's not in the league anymore, but a lot of great, great guys. But at the end of the day, this kind of working hard, muscle memory, doing those drafts, uh, mock drafts, getting your tears, refining them, and being the guy, being the workhorse, being the tireless worker, is it pays off. And it's as simple as that. Hold on, let me have a sip of this Valverde. I'm drinking a, uh, just so it's known, I'm drinking a, what is this, a Crystal Hero. Uh, which is, you know, from my Revolution Brewing, one of my favorite. Uh, it's the last Crystal Hero I've got. It's from one of those twelve packs, Legion of Heroes, uh, twelve packs. It's their uh, the, the next one I'm going to have is an Anti Hero IPA. Good times all around. Revolution, I love that place. If you're in Chicago or not, uh, or you can get it, always try and pick it up and give it a taste. It's uh, it's my fave. So let me take a sip of this. Hold on. All right. Um, enough of enough of the uh, the muscle memory. I'll just do a quick quote here that I think is is pretty awesome, um, and it's from Odell Beckham Jr. 
Uh, and it's basically, I envisioned myself making some kind of catch in the end zone, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. You have to have a picture of what you want to do before you can do it. I learned that from Tyron Mathau. Um, I knew, obviously when they were at LSU together, I knew that I was capable of it, but just seeing it and the reaction to it, it was by far the craziest thing, craziest thing that has ever happened to me. And that's Odell Beckham and how he pre- prepares and does those one-handed catches in practice and does all these crazy angles and he catches the ball while he's laying on the ground and all this different stuff. He muscle memory and, and worked on it, foresaw it, uh, before uh, to help him make that amazing catch from his uh, rookie season uh, now, I guess over three years ago. But uh, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Something I like to do is with my last, it helps a little more if you're in a league that it goes deeper. I actually, most of the leagues I'm in, it's like you go, we draft like 24 rounds. So you can do, take a little more shots deeper in and take some chances because if it doesn't work out, the drop isn't that significant. I understand that when you're in a league that only has, you know, 16 slots on the whole team, the bench is uh, going to be pretty, pretty, pretty short. Um, you, you got to be a little smarter, but with that last pick and drafts, I like to take a chance. You'll see uh, who Christopher Harris uh, liked this year at the very end of the draft. I thought it was a good call. Um, but the guy that I actually have been kind of honing in on is my last pick of the draft. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I'm condoning you to do this. But find a guy that you want to take a chance with that what if all everything comes together, He whether it's injury or just his – um, you know, sheer brilliance t- turns him into a lot of snap counts, targets, and opportunities, touches. But think of a guy that's just like, you know what? He might be my first drop, but and always, if, if, always don't don't drop these guys too early. You got to let it kind of marinate a little bit. But my guy is uh, is uh, Josh Gordon. So basically, in drafts, I'm going with Josh Gordon with my last pick, and it's simple. If He's gonna get. I think he's gonna get reinstated here within the next three to four weeks. Um, he's not gonna get much error or any preseason action with the um, with the Browns. But I think Goodell extended his little review period for three months, uh, just about a couple months ago, and I think that was a good sign that said, "Hey, you know what? We want to see a little bit more. We like what we're seeing. We're not gonna neg this guy outright right now. But let's see if let's see if he can take these next few months, and and, and we'll, we'll talk about it then. And that's coming up, I think, like literally within the next three to four weeks. So." He could be playing week one. It might happen after that. It could be week two. But this guy is just, he was the one overall one wide receiver, I think, four years ago. He's obviously had a bad run of it, so he's got a chip on his shoulder. And if he does get reassigned, there's going to be a lot of teams knocking on the Browns' door who, with Kenny Britt and um, uh, Corey Coleman, maybe they're not. And now with uh, also with uh, Nyoku, uh, maybe they don't want to keep him around and they trade him so what if he goes to a better opportunity um, and on a better team or has a better quarterback or a team that needs his services more anyway at the end of the draft if he gets denied and that he's suspended again and doesn't get reinstated which I highly doubt unless he's drinking and smoking dope and if he's doing that I would be very surprised I'm pretty sure he's living with his agent right now and has been I don't think he's he's not hanging around with Johnny Football anymore uh, I just think that he's going to get reinstated and think about that he is an elite elite top tier kind of guy um, 
when actually being able to play. So I'm going with the Josh Gordon as just a flyer pick on my last pick of drafts. And again, if he doesn't get reinstated and Goodell's a cock knocker or, or Gordon's a cock knocker and can't figure it out and is still drinking and smoking dope and they nag him, all right, you drop him. But if that if he does get reinstated, I'll tell you one thing. He's going to be at the top of everyone's waiver wire. You don't know if you have the number one spot. You don't know what's how that's going to work out. And I'd rather have him and drop him than have that reinstatement state happen and be like, oh, my God, I want him, I want him. Yeah, get in line. Uh, so just smart. it's just a smart way to go. So um, quickly... Yeah, we talked about it. Do a lot of mock drafts. We're getting closer to the actual drafts, so it's harder to do too many of them. But I would say definitely once you've done your tiers, do a bunch of mock drafts. There's a lot of great sites out there uh, that have good mock drafting um, action happening. Um, so that's that. Um, we worked those. Get your guys. Kind of talked about that. If you don't ever feel like, especially when you're on the wrap, um, go get your guys. You know, when you're on the wrap and you're at the front or the end of a draft, you know that you get a couple draft picks or it's your very end, a couple draft picks, and then you're out for like 24 picks, 22 picks. Um, you just you can see a bevy of talent that you want go away, and I just think that in general in fantasy football, if you have a guy, even if you're kind of overreaching for him a little bit, you don't want to do this too many times. But if you love a couple guys, don't be scared to go and get them. You know, the rest of the league might be like, "Whoa, you reached on him," and you know what? That might be the case. But it's it, it's it's a commodity that wouldn't you rather have a commodity you're super interested in than being like, you know what, I'm going to wait and see if it comes back. You and I both know, you and I both know that whenever you test those waters like that, it's it, it usually tends to be like two or three picks before you, you're you up and you're ready to grab that guy. You're like, yeah, he's going to make it back. Like two picks right before the guy that you've been sitting and waiting and hoping that wasn't picked every pick since you waited on him and, and risked rolling the dice that he'd make it back. It always goes. So, you know, again, be smart about it. Don't overreach for a guy, you know, by by two rounds or anything. But if you love a dude, like I love a Martavis Bryant, I'm willing to take that guy, uh, you know, as an early pick in the fourth round because I know he's not coming back to me if I don't. And I like the explosion factor of him. Do I think he's going to have um, a couple dud games? Do I think, yeah, his, his ceiling is absolutely um, through the outer space. Um, and I think uh, I just want him. So I, I, I've been noticing in mocks and then actually in these real drafts, like this blog talk radio one that we did last Sunday, it's just like, if I don't grab this guy now in the fourth round, he's not coming back. And I shored him up. I got him as my wide receiver too, and I'm happy with that. So go get the guys you like. Don't be scared about what anybody else says. Um, and that, that's, that's just the way it is. So... Um, Good stuff. Uh, do me a favor. Um, do a quick promo here for uh, Pyro Draft Kit. If you want, if you haven't picked it up yet, version three came out yesterday. Um, go check it out. We've got links all over Pyromaniac.com to go pick it up. And um, 
make that happen and you can get a $5 off. It's $20, 25 tabs of just unbelievable fantasy football goo. I like to call it a, a, a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, that became a little bit harder to say, as I've mentioned on a couple podcasts with all the uh, North Korea s- uh, stuff, but uh, that's dying down a little bit. So I'm going back to the weapon of mass destruction uh, tagline for this this draft kit. Uh, just literally, you can skull fuck the rest of your league uh, by picking that up. And you, there's a, a $5 off uh, coupon code, and it's Val Verde. So when you're checking out, there's a discount code on our page. Um, and when you're in the uh, checkout for the car- in the cart, and just put in the discount code, it's Val Verde. That's V A A A. That's three A's. L V E R D E. Val Verde, five dollars off. So instead of it being twenty, it'll be fifteen. Pick that thing up. We'll have another version of that uh, coming out. Um, early September, but I think the most important thing to know, if you got a draft coming up, it's got a great tier sheet that has all of our collective, all of our individual tiers, the five of us, but also has a cool uh, column for your own tiers. And you can just kind of swap out. What I suggest uh, doing is swapping out our tiers for your own um, and then just going by that draft. Do you, you know? I think it's great to listen to experts and uh, we work hard on this stuff, but at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta craft a team that uh, fits your mentality and fits your uh, your, your uh, fascinations and, and loves of certain players. So um, that that's what I would say. Check out that draft kit. It's it, it's pretty friggin' awesome. Uh, make it happen. One thing I also think is important when you're drafting, and you know, especially some, for some backups, backup quarterback. This is super important because most times, unless you're in two QB or super flex leagues, you're really probably only drafting two quarterbacks. Um, be bi week aware. You know, you don't want to have. Um, you know, if you draft Jameis Winston. And he's your number one uh, QB. And then you go later and you draft Cam Newton as your second quarterback. Well, let me tell you what. They both have a bye week in week 11. If you drafted Andrew Luck and then you end up uh, having your backup quarterback be Newton, James Winston, or Jay Cutler, same thing happens. They all have a week 11 a bye. So be careful where... Some of the depth you want on your team in every position is to fill these bye weeks. When you've got A.J. Green um, kicking it on a bye week, you want to have a wide receiver that you're comfortable slotting in. Obviously, he's probably not going to be an A.J. Green level, but that's okay. But you want to be able to have a guy that can fill in and score you some points that week. You know, If you're at A.J. Green, you don't want to be grabbing uh, Jordan Matthews or um, you know, Cole Beasley or you know any of these kind of guys because they have a bye week in week six too. So it, it seems so simple, but when you're caught up in the midst of the draft and you're on the clock and you've got to make things happen, and you know it's just there's a lot going on. There's music playing, your buddies are laughing and having a good time. You're, you're shooting the shit with each other, having a couple Valverdes. Cranking back some soakers. There's just a lot of stuff uh, happening within your mind that we all do it. Even experts will draft and you're bi week unaware, and then you sit there and you're like, oh, I love my team. You're like, oh, Jesus. 
I picked a secondary tight end um, in the draft just now to back up, hopefully just for one game, because I, I like what I've got. And I drafted Rob Gronkowski, let's say. I don't think he should, but uh, he, his bye week's week nine. And then who's my back? I drafted Hunter Henry as my backup. Well, guess what? The, the the LA Chargers, their bye week is week nine too. So just be smart about that. It seems so simple, but at the end of the day, you just gotta be pay attention to that thing. It's important. So here's a few little kind of ancillary things about draft day and your preparation and just being on time. Uh, I think a few things I like to say is show up to your draft early, uh, location early. Get there uh, earlier, not on time, early. Get your spot. Be the guy that has one of the great, uh, you know, chairs that ha- might have a little table or an ottoman that you use as a chair. Um, you've got your setup where you feel super comfortable and you are just uh, absolutely, um, you know, in. You feel at home, and I think that that is a crucial thing. Where a lot of people that show up late to drafts, whether it's they're working or they're stopping somewhere else, or they're just uh, tardy in general. Um, in a lot of ways, then they just—that's the guy that's like sitting on the floor, right next to the speaker, close to the kitty litter, and the guy's just so pissed off about his spot, and or he's got to basically go in the other room because he's—that's the only place the spot is. Now you're agitated in that regard. Um, just get there early, get one of the prime spots, lock it down. This is your home base, um, and again, that's one of the reasons why I like hosting drafts. It's like when you're hosting draft, it's like, dude, that's my seat. <laughs> this is this is the Danunio D Rex crown. This is this is uh, the throne. Game of Thrones. I'm sitting here right now, and I am uh, I'm the king. So don't sit there. Sorry, fellas. Um, and I think that's just an important thing. Show up to your draft early um, and and get your spot. Know where you're drafting. Know your surroundings. Do you have allergies? Like I'm, you can hear in my nose right now. I'm allergic to cats. One year, and one of my buddies that we drafted his house regularly, one of them's got a dog that I'm fucking allergic to. The other guy's got like three cats that I'm definitely allergic to. And so I went to the draft one time, and literally I had the worst seat in the house, and I was my allergies were going nuts. The next year we drafted there, I took a shitload of Benadryl. I threw uh, you know some Nasonex up my nose. I was prepared. These stupid little preparation and kind of tactics seem so simple and so obvious or so um, mundane and unnecessary. But trust me, um, as human condition will show, and us as humans, when we feel at ease and we're comfortable, you can focus on the task at hand and not be grappling on and locking on to the negative things that are going on around you, like being allergic as fuck to that stupid cat. Uh, and you can be worrying about, wow, I've got an awesome team. This is my fifth pick. I need to make a dominating pick right here to keep this uh, friggin' thing going. So I think that's uh, all that sort of stuff. I'll, I'll bring up some other kind of uh, points like that a little bit later on in my in my draft strategy. But I just I, I'm super super stickler about being comfortable and being set and. And, and, and in a position to not worry about any of the other uh, any of the other distractions or negative side of things when you're out of your own element. I think another one of these things uh, is, is is this. 
Don't go, don't be the guy that goes and picks up food. Don't be the guy that barbecues during the draft. Don't do you know? I, I like to say like, are you Bobby Flay? Are you are you friggin' Iron Chef? Uh, if you are, do it. Be so anytime except for draft. Don't be the guy that goes and picks up the six pizzas on the way because you know it's gonna happen. Their pizzas are gonna be late, and then all of a sudden everything just. Don't be the guy that has is put into situations and scenarios that can backfire on you. I, I think it's uh, it's 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 crucial to say, you know what? I like to come well fed. You know, not eating right before, so I'm lethargic. But like well fed, I've been drinking water all day. I'm, I'm just I'm not worried about being hungry when the draft starts and where's the food and all that shit. That's not, I, I'm done. I'm I'm just all I'm worried about is. Where's my beer? Um, which flavor and strain of uh, marijuana do I want to inhale uh, a few times throughout this draft? Uh, and what? where are my tears and how am I crossing these off? That's all I want to focus on. I want to fo- walk out of that draft with the best team of anybody else. And if I'm doing, if I'm cooking, barbecuing, or stopping and getting a party pan of chicken wings uh, for for the crew, um, that's taking my eye off the prize, and that's giving one more little uh, distraction within my brain that's already got some ADD elements, as as we all do. So I want to I want to bear those distractions down to the bare minimum. Pair them down to the bare minimum. Um, so that's that's super important. Um, you know, here's a little pyro plug uh, and promo as well as you know you're listening right now to the pyro podcast. Do so religiously throughout the season. Uh, you know our pickups and all the information that we, we're giving you guys for uh, the matchups is is second to none. Uh, no no other podcast out there rocks out a weekly three hour show. Uh, Stag parties, as you know, is just a is just a, a true guru and a, somewhat of a of a of a of a genius um, in a lot of ways. And Houdini and I have been doing fantasy football forever and are winners and and really care about the stuff. And, and pay attention to this, the news and watch the games and I think that's an important thing you know it's, it's just the fact that we are we are engaged and submerged in fantasy football all of us so listening to the Pyro podcast off season preseason now going back if you're just listening to us for the first time um, you know again right now I'm doing a solo show I think that I've done this one other time in our 277 previous shows so usually uh, you know there's a lot of discussion a lot of fun happening uh, and a lot of banter going on that, that that I think is just separates us and makes us different from everyone else. So make sure you check out our podcast. It's a great way for you to be a better fantasy football player. So many people hit us up um, uh, over social media like, I just started two years ago. I didn't know anything about fantasy. I came across your podcast and I've already won a championship. I'm considered the greatest in the league uh, and I won't tell them why but it's got a lot to do with you guys pyro so check that out uh, also the heartbeat I, I re- referred to it a little bit earlier but we started the pyro pulse podcast he's already on show nine i think we're only two weeks in maybe two and a half weeks into the first episode so the heartbeat out of la great kid uh has been cranking him out he's got a number of shows that he's got in his queue um that he's going to be uh doing over the next week as well so prolific as hell i mean literally by uh the first day of september uh, Heartbeat will be at uh, almost close to between 15 and 20. But it'll be close to 20 
podcast, Pulse podcast, uh, by that time. So in one month, he'll be 20 shows in, uh, which is super, super impressive. Basically, the Pulse podcast is picking a topic and kind of diving into that a little more specific, shorter, um, and it, it's great. He's doing some uh, mini we- mini-isodes. Uh, that are that are awesome that are more like 25 minutes he's also doing some draft primer stuff and then he's also just got regular episodes where he brings on um guests and fantasy football experts he just brought on um a fella from pro football focus and like i said he had uh late round qb jj on uh, as well and so really a cool cool show um some of you guys kind of fell in love with the pyro podcast light uh, and what Pyromaniac Mo had been doing the previous um, couple seasons with that, uh, you know, just so there's no just kind of gray area, uh, you know, he's he's kind of decided uh, with some family issues and, and some focus, and he actually got a uh, a nice little. Um, um, uh, he's been asked to be the head of the English department at his at his high school, so he's gotten a promotion. And basically, it's just like you know what? I need to spend t- more time with my family. Uh, there's an issue with uh, one of his his kids, and he just kind of felt guilty when he would start working on Pyro and working on the podcast. And he's just like, I'm not done, but he's like, I'm taking some time off, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bail on uh, on, on Pyro for now, and uh, thus. Uh, Pyro Podcast Light will not be uh, happening for the foreseen future, but I think you guys will see, even as raw and newbie as Pyro uh, Heartbeat is, uh, he's super passionate about fantasy football and is uh, is going to be uh, doing a great job. I think Mo did about 60 or 62 Pyro Podcast Lights, um, and he was the same way. All of us, you know, you come into your own when you do more and more. It's 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 always a uh, again muscle memory and experience. The more you do these, the better you become at them. I'm still a total idiot and fuck up names all the time. You guys know that. I'd be like, what's that guy's name? Oh uh, yeah, Tom Brady. He's only the most popular athlete in the world, and I couldn't come up with the guy's name. Hey, I'm not perfect. What I do great. In some ways, I'm the worst in other ways, and that's just the, so is life. So I'm better at you at a lot of fucking things, and uh, you're better than me at a lot of fucking things. And uh, let's just both be as good as we can at what we are and um, not judge each other because sometimes I forget a name. Sometimes I botch a stat. Sometimes I talk a little bit too much about marijuana or uh how much pussy I used to get as a kid and how little I am uh, I am as, a, as an old man uh, and that's just what I am so that's the D-Rex approach it's just as simple as that so some of you love it some of you hate it but uh, I ain't going anywhere <laughs> and there's a lot of other there's a lot of other great resources out there so if you hate my guts um, you know what we'll miss each other don't let, you, don't let uh, the door hit you on the way out um, love you. Just kidding. Uh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. I think that's uh, some good more points. Love it. Love, love, love. Rocking through here. I think another thing, just going back to draft day and throughout the season. You know what? A couple things. Just These are league kind of specific things. One, don't be a douchebag, but talk shit. You know, have fun. This isn't supposed to be, fantasy football is supposed to be an entertaining thing. So on draft day, you know, bust people's balls, 
be having fun, uh, you know, kind of shit on people's picks, um, and just kind of play some mind games leading up to the draft. You know, allude to people, try and try and you know, steer people on a guy that you're in love with, almost kind of like smoke and mirrors style, and and then just totally bait and switch them. I think just there's got to be some sort of like candid candor. And, um, you know, kind of uh, sneakiness that just makes it more fun to be in a league with your buddies. And whether you're in with tight buddies or not, just have fun with it, you know. Fuck with people a little bit. I think that's super important. On that same note, trade. Do trades. Have fun. Make some friggin' trades. Like, there's so many leagues that I'm in that it's just like there's not one trade all season. It's like, come on. And then, you know, there's always the douchebag, um, the moron that makes the worst trade offers ever. And you're like, really? Like, why would anyone in the world do that? Do I seem like I'm an inept idiot? Like, why even waste our, our time there? Uh, don't be that guy. We all have that guy. Rob Listener in my league is that guy. Um, but don't be that guy. But do trades. Figure it out. Figure out a way to make it things interesting. It's supposed to be fun. Rib each other. Make trades. Um, you know, just just make it more exciting. Uh, sometimes you're not going to win every trade. Sometimes you it it'll kind of bite you in the ass. Obviously, you're not going to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade to make your team worse. But because you make a trade doesn't mean you're going to win that trade. And that's just so is life and so is sports. It's like it's a gamble. When you gamble on anything, you're not you're gambling that you're not positively going to win. Uh, that's there. There is there lies the rub. So um, I think that's an important thing, just to have fun, fuck with people, and do some uh, do some good shit. So next guy, I think um, just wanted to let you know that a player, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but a player that I really like that I think is coming at a great value for. Um, wide receivers is Andy Dalton. I think me and uh, Chris Harris talk about this a little bit later. You'll hear about a, a player that he's kind of liking and think will be a bit of a sneak, uh, sneaky uh, value pick as well that, uh, that that benefits Andy Dalton. I don't know. I just feel like he's always able to do pull off great seasons. Last few years, he's been like hovering always right around 12 to 8. And think about last year. You had, um, what's his name, A.J. Green went down. And there really wasn't that much talent around. You know, Eifert was coming into his own. He started injured. So if all these guys, Ross, Eifert, and A.J. can be healthy, now you got Mixon in that backfield along with, I mean, there's so much talent. I feel like Andy Dalton is, is in a be- the best position that he's ever been in to really succeed. And I'm not saying that I think that Andy Dalton should going in the draft should be your your chosen QB1 because I think he's a, he's a better QB2. But we know injuries happen, and we know that you know uh, outlier seasons and huge seasons happen as well. And uh, I feel like it could be him where it could be great trade value or you trade your number one QB that you drafted earlier and you, and you rely on Dalton and, and get some picks at some other positions. So Dalton I'm super high on. Um, some rookie wide receivers that I think are going to surprise. I think it's going to be a great class for these guys. I really do. Corey Davis, super high on him the fact that uh, again I I talk about this with Chris the fact that uh, Richard Matthews and Eric Decker are being drafted over Corey Davis makes no sense to me I love Zay Jones on a few podcasts ago uh, as Stags would call it a hot take Uh, I literally think Zay Jones has got that kind of mentality and that game sake and he's that kind of football player I think he's going to be one of the special ones I really do I think 
that the Bills think that as well, or they wouldn't have traded Sammy Watkins. Um, I love that trade away of Sammy Watkins for Zay Jones. I think um, Bolden is going to be good, and I obviously I like Jordan Matthews. He's got a chip sternum already, but I think they just saw Zay Jones like this guy is legit. Um, we're we're gonna kind of roll with him. I love uh, John Ross, as you'll talk uh, later here later with Chris, and then also um, Galladay. Um, I think I got to be honest. I think I was the first person in the industry to be on that guy's jack uh, just by watching his um, his game tape uh, over at uh, Northern Illinois. I think uh, yeah, Northern Illinois. Uh, he just has that body. He I was on that guy early, early before the combine. I was saying this guy's going to be sick. Um, and then he had two touchdowns in that first uh, uh, preseason um, game, and now he's just he's he's a darling. So that's a bummer. That always seems to happen. But uh, Galladay, I think that situation, he's basically running with the uh, first team. I think he's going to get uh, between, when you got Tate and you got Marvin Jones. I think this guy is going to have a lot of open season, and he's a serious talent. So uh, keep your eye on that. I just think the rookie wide receivers. Uh, I don't condone getting having too many rookies on your team. I don't think it's smart. I feel like at the end when you when you're putting all these what ifs and not having enough game film and and really NFL experience in there, it can really kill teams. So I, I don't suggest you, you 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 have too many rookies on your team across any position i think you know try and keep it at about two or three max uh if you start getting into that four to six rookies on your team it it, it really hurts so um good times all around um i think another thing you know that i think is important is is not drafting the best team from Two years ago, they won you a championship or drafting the same team, the best team in the league from last year. Like, make sure you have some sort of foreshadowing to you. You know, one of the things I think I do better than anyone here at Pyro uh, is, is, you know, I, I take a chance on a guy, you know, and I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll use the game film I've seen, I'll use the, what I'm uh, experiencing as far as like reading data, knowing game plans, and knowing situations and talent around them, whether that's quarterback or how many uh, touches or how. How a defense is going to be able to stay in a game that's going to allow a running back to get more, continue to get a bunch of carries. I think it's super important um, for you to just, you know, know know what know what you're trying to achieve, know what's going on, uh, and don't don't draft the team that you dra- had a couple of years ago. Foreshadow that. And, and, and pick a guys and, and kind of pinpoint a few guys for any draft. Uh, and some of them are going to be a little bit higher. Some of them are mid, mid-rounders, but uh, many of them are, uh, are going to be kind of, you know, uh, opportunistic picks uh, later in drafts that you think are going to just all of a sudden have their uh, first breakout year. And I think it's crucial to try and – sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong, but if you're always going for um, – um, low floor and just uh, low ceiling, uh, high floor guys. Um, it, it, it's hard to win championships. You got to take some risks, and you live by it, and you die by it. And the years that they all kind of uh, the Venn diagram of your risky picks kind of comes together in that circle. It's got a championship trophy in it, and some of those years that Venn diagram is is is, is four circles that don't touch. And you know what? I'm fine. You're not going to win it every. You can't win it every year. You can't. Uh, but I just I found my success is. 
not shooting for the stars across the board, but taking a chance on some guys and, and, and making sure that I'm, I'm calling some of these uh, foreshadowing, as we've called it on the podcast over the past six or so years. Take a chance. Don't be a puss. puss no one likes a pussy, um, except for this guy. Um, anyway, here's some uh, quarterbacks I like. As I said, I like Stafford, Dalton, Cousins. Um, when you get to the uh, run, wide receiver position, loving, loving a, um, a, a Terrell Pryor. He's moving up uh, big time right now. He's the 14th guy going, so you got to get him in the early third round. But I like that. I love a Pryor. I think he's got that upside. I'd rather have a Pryor than Keenan Allen. Uh, hopefully Alshon and Jeffrey can show it, turn it around and, and stay healthy, but I like him as well. Uh, Martavis Bryant, as I mentioned, I love. Larry Fitzgerald still seems to be going a little later. I love him. Jameson Crowder is another guy I love. Um, you know, I, I've got big things in store for Cousins. Pierre Garçon, 34th wide receiver going. Do not be scared off of him. That's an early 7th round pick. Value City. Uh, guys that are going before and around him. Stag Party loves his Emmanuel Sanders, but like seventh round guys that are going are like Macklin, Decker, uh, Moncrief, Parker. I just feel like Pierre Garçon reunited with Shanahan is going to have some great opportunities. Uh, John Brown, I'm staying all the way away from, but I like this Jerron Brown news. Uh, remember, he's a he's a Clemson guy. Clemson wide receivers are probably the best uh, batch that are currently sitting in the NFL right now with Nuke. Uh, obviously, Martavis is uh, one of those guys. Sammy Watkins. Uh, too bad the what's his name uh, Mike Williams got hurt. But uh, you know, early early wide receiver pick. So the tutelage Conley's from no, actually Conley's from Georgia. Uh, so I, I really like him. Uh, like I said, Corey Davis is a tenth round pick. Loving that. Guy. Guy. I think he's uh, super sick. Cole Beasley, I'm down with Zay Jones. I like Josh Doxson, and I like uh, Kenny Galladay. So a lot of wide receivers that you can kind of grab uh, deeper in the uh, 40 wide receiver and lower that I think uh, could really pay off. Um, you know, who knows? But Kansas City defense, the defense that I'm loving, uh, they've just done me right. I'm just going to always be uh, down, down in a good way. Um, with the Kansas City uh, defensive team defense situation. Um, guys, that running backs that I'm super high on. I'm coming down a little bit on Gillis Lee because his, his draft, his ADPs just skyrocketed. And I just feel like uh, the Bill Belichick uh, game planning is going to depict some big weeks and some non. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I think, comes in as a value, as a good uh, flex or a running back, too. Um, Usually when I have a Tevin Coleman, I've usually kind of gone pretty early, third round or so on a on a on a Kelsey, which I like that as well. Um, but other running backs that I'm I'm pretty high on, uh, a little bit lower, Thomas Rawls. I know he's out right now with a little bit of an injury, but uh, Fat Eddie Lacy watching that game uh, before I started to hit and record tonight, he looks friggin' so slow. Uh, I don't care how light this guy is, he's just uh, it just seems like he's aged uh, unbelievably over the years. Uh, Samaje Prine, he's been on every one of my teams, draft cap, but uh, just, he just seems to be a guy. Right now he's going as the 45th wide uh, tight, um, excuse me, running back. That's a 10th round pick. I'm sorry, Fat Rob. I know Samaje put the ball on the ground the other day and hasn't looked excellent, but I just I just feel like he's He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be the value pick. Uh, so I'm down with that pro. I'm down with that guy for sure. Um, 
and then yeah, just I like Marlon Mack again. Maybe another too many too many rookies, but I just think that he's got that big explosion play that the Colts know they need. Um, so they, it, it could could turn into great things for him. Uh, so that's pretty much some of the guys that I'm uh, I'm loving it at running back. CJ Procise and PPR, awesome. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but when healthy, the the game film just shows that he's pretty dope. Um, I, I, I wish I liked Eddie Lacy, but I don't. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, Doug Martin I'm a little bit fearful of. C.J. Anderson feels like some pretty good value if he can stay healthy. So uh, th- those, are, those are some of the mid to later guys that I'm liking at the running back position. Uh, tight end, you know, I'm a Hunter Henry guy through and through. I- I've been really trying. I like to have one of those top four or five tight ends, and then I'll, I'll back them up with a, a t- my backup tight end, try and get a Hunter Henry. And my top guys, obviously, are like, it's pretty much everyone. Top guys, but Gronkowski, Kelsey, Gronkowski. I'm never willing to reach on him. He's basically a late second round, early third round. I just don't. It's basically he's a second rounder at this point. Um, and the more healthy he gets, the more he's going to move up. But Kelsey, I'm down uh, right now. He's going uh, in 12 man teams. Is the first pick in the fourth round. Uh, I've had to take him in the third round in a few, and I feel pretty happy about that. Uh, Olson, ageless, like him as well. Jordan uh, Reed, I'm worried about him. Already injured, toe injury. Jimmy Graham, I love. Eifert, I do like if he can stay healthy. But I feel like the drop off after those top guys is significant. Um, but I like having Hunter Henry as my backup. O.J. Howard, don't sleep on that guy. He's kind of moving up a little bit, and I like Fleener as a deep uh, deep tight end, too. I feel like he could have a rebound, but it's something to tell Everyone's like, yeah, O.J. Howard's going to be blocking. I'm not buying into that. Um, he had a couple nice plays in the game last night. He's, uh, I think he's just kind of otherworldly talent that the tight end position hasn't seen in a long time. And uh, James Winston's an opportunistic Quarterback that will be able to seize the opportunities that a guy like O.J. Howard is going to present for him. Um, here's another uh, thing that I'll talk about going after explosion, guys. I think it's important. We talked about it a little bit here. I talk about it on many of the shows. Don't get caught up on making every pick that you do some guy that needs to light it up or he's going to suck. You know, the Deshaun Jacksons of the world, the, the Gabriels, um, maybe for this season, a guy like Tyreek Hill. Um, I think Martavis uh, Bryant could be one of those guys that has explosion games, but I also think he's going to be able to be pretty slow and steady as well. Uh, but be smart. Explosion guys, especially you know, in your league, do you get huge bonus points for longer touchdowns? Do you get a nice uh, bonus uh, adjustment if you go over 150 yards uh, rushing or receiving? Like, What are those threats? Thresholds and those those escalators um, uh, as far as point <coughs> bonuses. Excuse me, let me have a sip of this Valverde. Um, but be very smart about uh, that. Get some explosion guys that can win you a week, but don't have a team. Me and Houdini have come across this a few years ago. We, we did too many explosion factor guys, and then there's those weeks that there's no explosion. The the, the wick don't light. And you're sitting there and you have literally some of the the lowest scoring weeks of your life. So you've got to balance it out with the the high ceiling is nice, but you've also got to make sure you've got some consistency rocking there as well. Super important. Um, yeah, so I think in general, uh, you know, you're listening to, uh, before we go on, I'm just going to let you know, you're listening to D-Rex on the Pyromaniac uh, Fantasy Football Fire, the Pyro Podcast. Uh, this is episode 278, um, and yeah, 
uh, you know, pyromaniac.com. It's the end, not just the means. Giving you guys championships. Do me a favor. Listen to our sponsor. All right. Thank you very much. Um, I think I alluded a little bit. But don't overdraft Gronk. Um, I feel like the leagues that I've seen or the teams that I've seen that uh, overdraft um, Gronkowski, they just feel a little weak and deprived in other spots. Val Verde. This is fun drinking alone and doing this podcast. I like this. I like it. I like it. I like it. Hope you guys like it. Kind of, kind of relaxing. Um, all right. Uh, here's a couple uh, draft day things. Why not? PayPal. Bring a check. Whatever you got to bring cash. Cat, no one likes cash because then the commissioner's like, "Fuck, I'm going to spend this cash." But pay your league's entrance fee the day of the draft. Give yourself that that uh, good karma. Give yourself that little. Uh, be the guy that pays on time. Never be the guy that's like the last dude to pay, who's like the big elephant in the room, and you're like. Before the next year's draft, you're like, dude, you still haven't paid for last year and the champions. Like, I, you suck. It sucks having you in the league, cheap ass. So just be the guy that brings uh, the entrance fee to your draft. Um, I think it's, it's just one of those good things. The, uh, the heavens above will shine on you and uh, something, some good mojo will, will come your way. Um, I, I like to also, if can be, if it can take place, is, is, is try and know the draft order before the draft um you know as an expert it probably i probably have an advantage by having the draft order done a second before the draft and not being able to think about it too much but i truly do like to be able to kind of have a uh, uh an, an approach and a uh, a concept so to speak of what i want to do with the team and really knowing where your draft slot is in your league on draft day beforehand helps you kind of do mocking from that spot helps you kind of look at some other drafts out there expert leagues do your mocks check out your tiers kind of where who are some guys that you feel like you're going to have to reach on a little bit or you're, there's no way you're going to get them where how do you feel like you want to how do you want to treat um, certain positions and uh, where you're going to find your sweet spot I think knowing beforehand has always helped me be a little more omniscient about what I want to do going in beforehand um, so I like to I like to know the draft order so Here's a big question, and it's yet to be determined. I can't say that I I feel like last year it was a great um, great season for running backs. Uh, obviously, they it showed as a um, last year was a lot of wide receivers taken in the first uh, you know first two rounds for sure, but first four rounds it was a wide receiver centric draft in 2016 fantasy football leagues. Um, and then what we saw is the running back kind of returned to prominence and had a big, uh, you know, a, a, a big doing. You look at most of the people that won their league last year in 2016. If you look at kind of uh, across the different drafting platforms, places to park your league, a good percentage of those teams that won it last year had a David Johnson, a Le'Veon Bell, or an Ezekiel Elliott. It's like high, high numbers because those guys were able to put up just some serious uh, fantasy points on a week-to-week basis. Um, basically, those guys were averaging um, you know, 20 points a week, uh, fantasy football points per week, and that's, that's huge. And if you look at the way that uh, you know, Bell 
and and David Johnson with their in PPR and the way that they're able to get so many catches. I mean, we said before, Le'Veon Bell is essentially a wide receiver too in the amount of um, targets and catches that he gets in a PPR league. He's getting you over 25 points per game. Uh, it, it's pretty significant. So. Uh, as much as you got, you, you don't want to have to rely on getting one of those first three, four picks. And now we know Ezekiel Elliott's suspension um, pushes him back, so it's a little different here than it was two weeks ago. But getting one of those first two picks with those guys is significant. Um, but you know, touchdowns. Last year was a huge touchdown year uh, for Legarrette Blunt. Is that going to continue? He had eighteen. Um, it's Johnson had 16 and Elliott had 15. Pretty much the, the Garrett Blunt's um, 18 and, and I guess both those guys, the 16 by Johnson and the Elliott, uh, it had been since uh, 2012, you know, almost five years earlier, um, four years earlier, that uh, Arian Foster, when he was back on the Texans, had had 15 touchdowns. So last year there was a lot more touchdowns than there had been for the previous uh, four or five years. So just just know that uh, you know it, it it could come back down to earth, and it is the most volatile position. So um, I'm all for getting out of that first round with one of these uh, top. Uh, running backs because you just don't want to be going in uh, week to week uh, with your running back one being Carlos Hyde or somebody or it just doesn't it's not a good time so try and get one of those top uh, eight eight ish nine ish guys uh, I love a JHI um, I think he's great I'm I'm still on the Howard train Demarco's not the sexiest running back one but you know he's still going to be consistent and I'm not I'm not too worried about Derrick Henry eating into it we just did our uh, Pyro podcast on Wednesday night and it was all about running backs and. Um, Stag Party and Houdini had kind of a heated and interesting argument on 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 you know Stag Party really believes in Hunt and uh, Demarco Murray still and and Houdini's a little bit fearful of Derek Henry. Uh, Derek Henry, I feel like he's getting overdrafted. He's uh, he, he's still a backup and he's going in the seventh round. So be smart about that. Try and get the starters before you draft them backups. Um, but yeah, the running back position, it's like, is it really a return? I don't know. Be smart. Don't don't wait on, I'm not a zero RB guy. I, I think uh, you should get one. I like Ty Montgomery and his opportunity. I've really kind of turned, turned the corner on him um, over the last few weeks. Um, and I just I think Joe Mixon has some some these rookies. There's a lot of rookies there that could do some amazing things. I'm kind of worried about Leonard Fournette. He feels like he's always injured, kind of staying away from him. But uh, there you go. Um, here's another thing I like to do, and this is kind of in the moment drafting. But you know, usually your 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 software or your website's down. Somebody's late. The draft's not getting started. Uh, someone's being slow. Like usually, there's a lot of commotion going on. The guy that's calling in is is screwing up, or uh, a pick is made. And he's like, "I didn't make that pick. Hold on, redo it." And you got to stop the draft, and and you got to get you know clear that player and let the guy uh, redraft. And maybe another guy had already a couple picks have been made before he realized the error. And you're like, "What? What the fuck?" 
be you know level-headed be calm stay cool stay calm cool and collective don't get caught up in the frenzy in the moment of all the chaos that is the fantasy draft because it's just going to take your mind away from what you need to do and it just goes back to just being that kind of steady force and being in the best you on draft day so don't get caught up in all the in all the chaotic uh, pandemonium that always happens in every league for fantasy football Take a sip of this anti-hero. Good times. Um, you know what? Before I go on to this, uh, my next point, um, do me a favor. Listen to this. All right. Um, I think another thing that's just kind of big, the world's a crazy place right now. People in America and people around the world hate each other. Um, domestic terrorism and all this kind of crazy uh, stuff that's going on in the world. It's, it, it, it truly is sad. Um, don't let fantasy football add to that kind of uh, that negative energy that's, that's permeating and seems like it's uh, everywhere at this point. Don't let any big beefs get in your way in fights. Don't lose any friendships. I've uh, We've all had it out in these fantasy leagues, and there's been times when you feel like you're slighted or a trade's bullshit. Like, don't be the guy that vetoes a trade just because it was a trade done. Don't just – it's supposed to be fun. This is entertainment. Just don't – don't take it too seriously. Don't lose any friendships over fantasy football. Give love. Be be, be a positive force uh, in, in your league. Uh, it, it, your team will benefit. You'll get that kind of a uh, little bit of karmic um, um, uh, rope leeway uh, from the man above uh, or woman above. The someone above. Uh, I'm agnostic. Uh, then just. Just don't be an asshole. You know, let's just, let's just, Joe Madden, I was at an awesome event, a boxing event, charity event for him and the Cubs last night. Uh, you know, basically sitting right near Rizzo and, and Bryant and all, all, the, all the guys. It was pretty awesome. Arietta was there. Hey, where, it was just really cool. But, you know, what? He's, his thing is don't suck. Uh, just don't suck for the Cubs. Just don't be an asshole. You know, let's just say, it's just something in life. Try and... Move forward and not be an asshole. Uh, You're only on this planet for a a finite amount of time. And, you know, it's pretty sweet to be living. You could have been born uh, as a a fly, a horse fly, that just all it wants to do is suck blood out of the butt of a horse and land in shit. Instead, you're a human being with cognitive brain power, and you're into fantasy football, and you have interesting hobbies, and you love the the NFL, and you love sports, and hopefully you've got a a good set of friends, and and your your family is still an important part to you. Sorry to get all like kind of higher power here, but just you got it good, in more or less, in most cases, not everyone, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, next time you come back, if you're reincarnated, you could be a friggin' mosquito carrying uh, the Zeke virus. So just uh, don't be an asshole. That's just uh, that's just what I'll say there. So um, have fun. Don't let sports, uh, fantasy sports, ruin relationships. It's just not worth it. If you've got a grudge that you've held out with someone in a fantasy league from before, uh, you know, drop it. Reach out to that guy and be like, you know what? It's fantasy football. Uh, you know, it's like step nine of being uh, in AA. 
I've had a few of my friends uh, join AA, and I get a call, and, and I'm like, hey, what's up? It's like, I just want to meet up. And you're like, okay, and you meet up, and it's like, this has happened literally twice in my life, where a friend is just like, I wanted to apologize, and it's like step nine, I believe, maybe step eight, of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and you're like, dude, don't worry about it. He's like, I just have to get this off my shoulder, I was a dick, because I was this or that, and it's just, anyway, I'm starting to ramble, but be... Take the high road. There's so much shitty stuff going on in the world. And there's a lot of people that are becoming more of assholes because, sorry, I'm going to say it, but the man running our country is a fucking complete idiotic asshole. Uh, and it's empowered a lot of idiots and assholes to be more idiotic and asshole-ish. Uh, so rise above it. And uh, don't 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 fall into uh, th- that wrong. You don't need to do that. We got we got we're in a good place. Uh, life is good. Um, that is uh, basically that page. Okay, cool. We're we're cruising through these. Almost kind of uh, closing it out. And as I said, basically when I'm done with my uh, little uh, draft strategies and kind of draft vignettes here, my little fantasy football nuggets of draft. Drafting and draft approach. Um, when I'm done with those, uh, I will be uh, doing a. Uh, I think it's a. I think it's about 50 minutes of uh, talking fantasy football with ESPN's uh, Christopher Harris. Just a really great guy. He's obviously. Um, he's really. He, he's been doing it. A full. He's a full-time fantasy football guy that makes a good living doing it. So uh, I know a lot of people that listen to the show are probably my contemporaries and are, are running sites. And um, a lot of people that are listening to our show are also just fans and people that want to be better at fantasy football. He'll help you in, in both. And he's a good guy. Uh, I like him. Uh, I really like him a lot. So um, one of the things I like to do is uh, be smart about drinking. You guys know that I'm a I'm a I'm a beer drinker. I drink uh, a shitload of beer. Uh, whenever I do a podcast, we're throwing back Valverde's. It's rare that I'll not be drinking some uh, six-pack or so on, on a podcast day. Um, but I will say I try and I do a good job. I don't try. I do. I don't start getting shit-faced on draft day until the draft starts. Uh, you know, you got friends that fly into town. You're sometimes you go to a bar, um, and then you're having your draft at a bar. Someone's it's a it's a festive it's a festivity and a and a celebration. Fantasy drafts it's one of the best days of, of fantasy football. Uh, but just be smart and don't start drinking because a guy's going to show up late, and you can just be uh, inebriated. It helps be it being in tears and just having that one sheet and crossing guys off. You, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I use them is because I can get a little more buzz than in drink and smoke, but just be smart. Don't be schlockered by the uh, the the fifth round of your draft and then you're not paying attention. Maybe uh, the, the clock runs out on you or you make a shitty pick or just be smart. Don't get too drunk and it's essentially, you know, some, I remember one draft, uh, a couple of my buddies went golfing um, before the draft and three, three or four of these guys, one of our buddies flew in from, um, from Florida. They went golfing and they were drinking at the golf course. I swear to God, half my league was blacked out for most of the draft. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure I won the championship that year. Uh, if I didn't, that was one of the years that I came in second place. Um, but, yeah, I remember just they showed up and they were just 
I remember looking at other guys in the league that had showed up and like, these guys are fucking annihilated. How are they going to be doing uh, dominating fantasy football drafting uh, when they're this kind of uh, shit-faced already? Um, as far as bringing your, uh, your, setting yourself up for the draft, um, I like to pack my beer in my own cooler. I get the ice, get a big cooler, got my beer sitting in there. I don't have to get up to go to the fridge. You know, sometimes the fridge is already fully packed. You got to have, like, your beers outside of it or they're, like, dangling uh, sideways on uh, a thing of Genoa salami and cheese. Like, bring your own friggin' lunch pail, a.k.a. a nice medium-sized Coleman cooler with ice. Your beers are cold as fuck. You, you, you set that whole thing up a few hours before the draft. Things right next to you. You got your computer so you can follow the draft and be on top of what other teams are doing and looking at uh, within the, uh, the the round pick by pick and the snake drafts and the list there. But you can also go to the teams and check out which players uh, each team before and after you and and, and around you uh, have and who, what they're missing so that you can know. You know what? These next three guys, they all need quarterbacks. I need a quarterback too. It'd probably be smarter for me to grab my quarterback now instead of waiting uh, for six picks and coming back and thinking that probably three of these picks out of those six are going to be quarterbacks. Um, Just knowing that sort of stuff. So computer, tear sheet, cooler with beer, and then whatever way you like smoking your marijuana, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, Yes. Good times. Uh, all right. Then uh, here's another thing. Injuries. Be smart. Don't draft the all-injured team. Uh, I've never been in a good situation where I've grabbed guys that have a, a serious injury history, especially tissues. They usually burn you. And then other guys that are get injured in contract years play through it, and they're just injured, and they're playing, so they're playing, so they feel tough, but they're fucking your team over. So be smart. You know, injuries happen. It's a brutal sport. But just don't let... Don't let your team be a team that's got just a, a bevy of guys that are perennial injury guys. And that's just an important thing. Make sure they happen. An Iron Man can get hurt, and then he's hurt. So it is what it is. But when you can also kind of stay away from certain guys that tend to get injured more, and I, I, certainly, um, I certainly suggest you doing that. Uh, flex spot. Um, and super flex and all that sort of stuff. I think it's important um, to to know your league. If you've got a flex spot, figure out kind of who are some of the guys, foreshadow and pre, pre um, think about who are some of the guys you feel comfortable and what position you feel comfortable having your flex spot um, rolling from. I've said on shows in the past, my flex spot's been really housed two out of the last three years by tight ends. I think I had Jimmy Graham and um, uh, I know I had Kelsey and Eifert a year that I wanted two years ago. Those were my 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 uh, flex was Eifert, and it, I'm not scared to have two start two tight ends. So I think that's kind of fun, and you can go be a guy that grabs tight ends uh, a couple tight ends early. People are like, "What? You already have a guy?" And it's like, "Well, guess what? I just at a at a position where you can only start one of them. I just stole good talent from another team, and I can use them as the flex. Also, great trade value. So uh, when it comes to flex, be smart. Think about it. Don't 
Think about the play. Don't think about it just like, oh, I'm grabbing my fourth running back and fourth wide receiver. Think about which guy do I want to be starting in that flex spot each week. I think that's important. Uh, And that kind of goes back to envisioning your team a little bit and going through these mocks, doing some preparation and like almost like looking at your mocks afterwards and be like, Evaluating and vetting that team. Do I feel like I would have a great, fun season with running with these guys? Um, I think another important thing is make sure the guy that won the uh, that won the league last year always gets the trophy um, uh, right when he wins it. But also make sure that trophy, the crown, or if it's a ring you guys have, or a trophy, whatever, or plaque, whatever year is 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 your um, proof. Or your you know reward and your medal for winning the uh, fantasy football league. Make sure it's there on draft day. I think it's uh, <clears throat> pretty important to see one of the reasons why you're doing it, and it makes it more exciting. Taking pictures with it, and you're just like looking at the uh, the kind of the crowning jewel. So whoever wins the league or is currently holding the the uh, the hardware from the previous season's victory. Uh, make sure they bring it to. Obviously, he gets to keep it throughout the whole year until the next champion. But bring that bad daddy to the draft uh, and, and and flaunts it that uh, you're the champ. I think it's uh it's it's important to do that. Um, yeah, I just think I think another couple things that I'm I'm almost ready to shut it down here on this is, you know, just be smart about drafting guys that are on fantasy football rich teams. Teams that score, teams that get yards. There's obviously uh, garbage time teams that can bring a lot of fantasy points to the to life. Uh, I think Bortles a couple years ago. I think the 49ers could fall in that realm with uh, Hoyer, and uh, which could hurt their backfield, but I think it could help their wide receivers and having Shanahan. I feel like there's there's certain teams that their defenses aren't great and they're going to be playing out of a hole, so you know the passing attack is going to be heightened. Um, but know those kind of teams. Know who's scoring a lot of fantasy points. Where are those yards? Don't be the guy that's drafting a. Sh- ton of players that might have great names and and should be awesome you know guys on the Rams could the Rams be a pretty solid fantasy team this year maybe but they haven't been yet and I'm not with that youth I'm still scared uh, until I see everything gel together and I see a Goff and a Gurley and that wide receiver situation and the new coach with McVay. And until I see him do it, I, I don't really feel comfortable gambling my fantasy life and all the money that you got to pay into these leagues um, to with the what ifs. And don't buy early on teams. You know, I feel like a lot of guys, uh, even a couple in, in Pyro, are like they want to they want to get the guy early, and you know, it's like. You're drafting them and, and putting your, your fantasy football livelihood on the line on guys that are maybe a year or two away from really um, doing their thing. So just be smart about uh, power and numbers teams. Go try and get, don't grab the fourth wide receiver on a team that's got, you know, that scores a ton of fantasy football points over a wide receiver one on a, maybe a, a less dynamic uh, scoring and offensive team um, per se. But uh, don't go overboard, but at the same time, be cognizant of that. I think that's, uh, that's pretty important. Um, that's pretty much it for the draft strategy. I think a few in, I'll give you a few in-season tips um, 
that I think are pretty uh, that are pretty interesting. Um, obviously, pickups and waiver wire is important. Houdini does a great job. We deliver our pickups on Sunday, uh, usually never later than halftime of the uh, football night in America game. Um, so you know, you you basically got from that Sunday's. Um, slate of games, who you should pick up. Uh, be smart about the waiver wire. Don't just always, if you're number one and you don't love in the waiver wire slot, don't feel like you have to pick somebody up because you're number one. If you don't love somebody, sit on that number one slot. Now, know your league. If every week it goes to a different team and that's given up and you can't hold on to your waiver wire position, some leagues have that. So some leagues, it's like each week the guy with the worst record, uh, worst record gets it or the lowest scoring points, whatever. There's all sorts of different approaches and rules that uh, different leagues adhere by. Um, but it don't feel like you, if you can roll over your waiver wire slot as number one and you're not loving someone uh, that's available that week, don't feel like you have to use it. Think about the person that got JHI last year and just kind of waited and waited and all of a sudden, 200-yard 200, 200 game, Boom! I'm sitting there at waiver wire one. You pick up JHI. He started in the next week. He got, I think he got back to back 200 yard games. And then in the in the playoffs, uh, I think week 16, he got another 200 yard game. So don't feel like with waiver wire and pickups, you have to when you have that first position, the pole position for waiver wire. You don't have to use it if your rules allow you to keep it. Uh, I think that's super smart. So pickups, obviously an important thing. Everything with drafting is, is super important, but um, there's so many people that draft great teams and then don't kind of fuel the beast and, and continue to stay on it um, and making moves and making pickups and uh, taking chances and sitting guys that, are, that aren't that are getting it done and, and, and playing guys that are better. Um, you know, some people are like, they're after the draft, it's like set it and forget it and it's hard to win when you do that so uh, before I go on with another in season uh, uh, tip um, do me I gotta wait a minute actually I think I did one kind of recently so um, basically um, oh another thing fun and this is the last one I'm gonna do I think I think we're good this has been fun uh Basically, an in-season tip is uh, make some side bets. Watch the games with some of your buddies. Make sure on Sunday a few times throughout the year. You know, we all got busy schedules, uh, especially when you get older. You get wives and kids, and it's harder to get a get get game day with your buddies. But one, watch games with your buddies. Make some side bets on fantasy football. Go if you live near, or even if you don't, make sure you go to some games. You know, me and my boys uh, go to, it's going to be a lot less this year just because of the product they're putting on the field. But I've gone to about six Bears games almost every season for the last four or five. I think it'll probably be more like two or three this year. But go to games. You know, go check out the NFL live action. I know Red Zone's awesome, and now you got the day, the NFL ticket, and it's sweet. But I'm telling you, just the life's memories going to these uh, football games. Um, if you got to drive a little bit, or go on a uh, you know take a family trip or a boys trip, or go with your uh, wife or significant other, and and make an experience out of it. It's always a great time to go out to some of these stadiums and watch these guys, uh, some of the greatest athletes in the world, um, live. So. Make Make sure while we live in this fantasy, I'm a fake commissioner world, um, 
Make sure you go and check out some games. Make sure you watch them with your buddies if you don't go to the actual game. In fantasy football, you'll hear with uh, Christopher Harris watching the games and seeing the tape and making your your kind of uh, you know you heard me and, and the guys at Pyro always saying it uh, the eye passing the eye test. Make sure you're actually watching the games, even games that don't necessarily affect some of your players. Watch other, watch as many football games as possible. The NFL Game Pass is incredible at that. The NFL does a good job of re-showing um, games throughout the week. Obviously, the red zone, you're kind of locked in on um, you know the teams that are uh, closer to scoring. Still an awesome thing. Uh, but we'll really watch the games. It's it's it, it, as much as possible. Um, you're going to be better and know the players more intimately and be able to make your tiers better and make decisions while on the clock at draft. If you've actually seen these players play, instead of going by a lump sum year-end stat or going by somebody else's expert's uh, top rank- ranking position on a guy, uh, I just think it's it's crucial to actually watch these football games. So be that guy, I think, uh, uh, that, 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 that does that. So... I think we're pretty good here. That's uh, that's basically all I got going on. Um, making sure that I didn't miss anything uh, in here. I don't think I did. So this is a uh, good times. So I hope you guys liked. Um, you know, I've done the draft a draft strategy piece every year. Um, I have a blast doing it. Um, I usually put it out a little too late, as I will again this year. I think I'll probably have it out in the next few days. But it's been fun to do this podcast and, and kind of have uh, the sonic um, podcasting version of my draft uh, approach, my draft strategy, my draft manifesto, my draft nuggets, my mantra, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, you know, because I just think I've been doing drafts since 1988 was the first time I did a fantasy football draft. And um, that means I've done a lot of drafts. So while I'm not saying I'm the best at this stuff, and we know that there's analytic minds out there and other people that, that have a, a different approach and, 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 and more kind of uh, a studious to the game and, and, and metrics and all that sort of stuff, um, I definitely know what I'm doing, and I've, I've, it's not my first rodeo. So I hope you guys uh, can sense my passion in fantasy football and understand that I've got a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of miles, air miles under my wing on this fantasy football thing and I think when I do this draft strategy I'm just trying to uh, project some of my experiences and some of the things that I've learned along the way so to help you guys uh, not make similar mistakes um, than I as I did. Alright, before we go into um, this uh, Christopher Harris from harrisfootball.com interview and little fantasy football chat, how about you do me a favor and uh, listen to our spot here. Awesome. Really appreciate you guys going through and taking the time and sticking with us. Again, I know that this is another show that even on my own, doing that draft strategy is an hour and 40 minutes of me uh, talking essentially. And I, we got another 50 or so minutes of Christopher Harris. So without a further ado, thanks for listening to me. Thanks for joining us in this fantasy football journey. Do yourself a favor. Pick up that Pyro Pro package. Those second opinions are awesome. Uh, it's just basically you've got carte blanche uh, 
to pick our brains and our mind share if you're there. The resource toolbox is awesome. Um, just I, I just think for anyone that really is putting in and passionate and really in enough leagues where there's some money at you know to at bay here and ego and people that really just want to win their league just to be better than their friends and and be a champion. Uh, Pyro Pro is like nothing else. Uh, draft kit ridiculous. Check out our website, the content, everything we've been doing. We've done more podcasts in the last two weeks than we had ever done in a two week period uh, on our site. And um, loving the team. The news feeds we're doing with Wheeler is awesome. Pops, you're my boy, doing some cool stuff. Uh, obviously Houdini Stag Party, Buck Archer. One thing that's uh, kind of a, the next thing that's going to really be pushed on our website probably end of next week is the Pyro Heat Index, which is our player rankings algorithm and kind of mop uh, model that we started last year. And that's something that uh, Stag Party and, and Archer work really hard on projections. And there's a, a seven different criteria that go into coming up with how we think a player across all the different positions will do. And that's the Pyro Heat Index. It's our uh, player ranking system that we use week to week um, for the fantasy pros and uh, for giving our player rankings on a week-to-week basis. Uh, So for week one of the fantasy football season, we will be posting that information the minute that all the rosters are set. Um, and we know all the players that are playing. We know their schedules. We know all that good stuff. But we, we just have to kind of wait until the final 53 um, player schedules are set for all the uh, NFL teams before we can really release um, our first version for week one of the Pyro Heat Index. But check that out. It's awesome. If you're a Pyro Pro, you get all the information um, you get all the detailed, uh, granular stats, whether it's strength of schedule, the actual uh, pyro heat index charting, um, and the different bars that show the final index number. Uh, really, really cool and analytic-driven stuff. Uh, if you're a pyro pro, you get to see all of that. If you aren't a pyro pro, you'll just see the list view. So you'll still be able to get the pyro character, where their rank is for the week, uh, but you won't be able to see all the kind of uh, more detailed ancillary uh, information. So, wow, good times. Hour and 45-ish minutes on my own. Um, essentially didn't read anything once. Just kind of went by a couple notes that I had on some paper here. Um, fun times is not what I usually do. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. I certainly have. It's Friday night, August 18th. Uh, good luck with your drafts guys I'm really excited we again we appreciate so much we know there's a lot of resources out there and a lot of podcasts out there so just the fact that you're 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 listening to us and giving um, two to three hours of your your livelihood on a week-to-week basis um, you know we appreciate that so uh, we don't take that lightly so thank you so much Uh, give love be good um, and Without further ado, let's listen to Christopher Harris. This guy is legit, and if you uh, you'll you'll hear some promos on the interview and whatnot. But make sure you check out his product and uh, and, and check out some of his podcasts because he he's, he's he knows what he's doing. Thanks so much, everyone. Let's uh, fire it up together this season. Uh, much love from D Rex to you guys, Pyro. Now we're Pyro solo out. D-Rex interviewing Chris Harris of Harris.com. Harrisfootball.com happens right now.
I'm pretty excited to announce that I'm having a nice little chat right now with Christopher Harris of Harris Football, a guy that's been doing fantasy football and player write-ups for such small companies as ESPN. <laughs> uh, you've read definitely some of his, uh, his, his fantasy football goo along the way. And uh, in 2015, Chris went off on his own and started Harris Football, does a daily podcast, does an amazing um, player almanac, and we'll give him a chance to uh, promote and talk about all the goodies that he's up to during this talk. But uh, with no further ado, let me welcome on Christopher Harris. Welcome aboard. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you very much. Cool. Well, I know and you know this is a uh, that fickle fantasy window. This is the busy time of the year for us. Uh, it's even more busy right now in, than it is, honestly, at the end of the season, in the December and whatnot, as far as uh, traffic and people trying to get their fantasy football information. So uh, what, have you been, uh, what have you been working on? Like, give you an opportunity at the front of this to kind of talk about your product, tell people who you are, and then we'll go into um, got a handful of uh, questions and discussion points that we'll go through. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I worked for ESPN for like eight years and was on TV a bunch and talked about this stupid thing that we all do. <laughs> and, um, I, when I was at ESPN, I wrote their magazine, you know, the, the ESPN print magazine that everybody carried into their drafts with them for all these years. I pretty much wrote the player profiles and then, you know, wrote columns and did TV work and Sunday morning TV stuff and whatever for a long time. And then a couple of years ago, my contract was up and there, I love everybody there. And I was sort of done. Uh, just felt like every year was kind of Groundhog's Day and didn't feel like things were changing much. So they offered me to come back, but I said, no, thanks. And uh, went off and started this five day a week podcast. And then last summer, I decided to do do what I had done for ESPN for all those years, write that magazine, but write it as a PDF. And that's what this almanac thing is. Uh, it's like a 200 page almanac with uh, about 230 player profiles, a lot more room to spread out in a PDF compared to a print magazine. So a lot of jokes and a lot of fun stuff. And then my deal as a analyst is I'm quite sort of, I guess I'm versed in both worlds, both in the statistic side of things, but also I like to watch the film. So I've watched every game and uh, gave everybody film grades in this year's almanac. So across multiple dimensions, you'll see A through F grades for like speed, agility, hands, all that stuff. And uh, the great thing about finally doing a PDF as opposed to a print magazine is, first of all, you can do it in August and then you can also redo it. So I actually send out two updates over the course of August where, you know, most draft kits and stuff are kind of done. Uh, this thing is an evolving document where I track changes and you can see exactly what's changed and what I've rewritten and stuff and just had the first update come out on Monday the 14th. So it's pretty darn current. People can find out about it at harrisfootball.com. Yeah, and that's pretty cool that you actually are highlighting the changes when you make your uh, from your first version to your second version so people can that already kind of engrossed themselves in it and read through everything can kind of easily uh, check out uh, the new updates and not have to yeah. reread the whole thing. 
Right. Yeah, that would be that would be hard. It's really long. <laughs> if you, I mean, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that it hopefully it's not making you laugh. I didn't do a good job. Like it's pretty snarky and wise assy. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good jokes, but a lot of analysis also. A lot of film study, a lot of sort of assessment of situations. And you're right. Like if all of a sudden I was talking about Zeke Elliott and I, you know, also put in an Alfred Morris and a Darren McFadden changes and they weren't they weren't uh, highlighted, that would be a problem for the reader. Yeah, well, everyone, check that out on um, harrisfootball.com, and you'll be able to see on his main navigation, it's about the uh, fourth uh, link down, and it's the player profile almanac 2017. As Chris said, he just released uh, the update, first update to it, and you can pick that bad daddy up for uh, a cool 15 bones. So I suggest you do it. Those write-ups are good. And you know what? I I think the first thing I, I like that you're, you're talking about humor and trying to put some jokes and snarkiness. Um, sometimes I feel like when I'm listening to podcasts and reading some of the other blogs and other uh, big player sites, I, I, I get the sense that they take this stuff a little too seriously and don't understand that the whole goal and the whole reason why we do fantasy football is for entertainment and enjoyment. So uh, I like to hear, uh, I like it when there's other people that aren't uh, getting too serious with everything. It's football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Derek. I mean, that's, that's how I approach it. I mean, in the end, I've been doing this for a living. I've been making like a very good living at this for more than a decade. And it's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so like, if you can't sort of smile at yourself and realize that this is stupid, <laughs> but fun, really fun. I, I wouldn't change it. I'm really lucky and thankful, but uh, yeah, you hopefully can also, you know, I, I, I care that people have fun. That's so like I try and I realize that part of having fun in fantasy is winning and knowing what's going on and doing well. So I think I'm, you know, relatively informative, hopefully, and have opinions and stuff. But yes, I, if there, if there wouldn't, if it's not fun involved as well, it would be a shame. Well, I think a lot of people are interested in what you got to say. I know you got uh, like 130,000 uh, Twitter followers and I've been reading, <laughs> I've been reading your, your stuff uh, from back when you were at ESPN Um a lot of people out there in this industry and more and more jump into the space, uh, podcast, you know, blogs, whatever. Um, but you are, you are one of the, uh, the originals. So hats off to you and, um, Thanks. wishing you continued success uh, with harrisfootball.com and uh, anyone listening to this and who's a pyromaniac fan, uh, go check out his goods and, 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 and jump on board, whatever, uh, whatever he's doing, I, I guarantee it'll help you be a better fantasy football mind. So, you know, really the first thing that we know about you and you mentioned is, you know, the film don't lie. is kind of your motto and you yeah. watch, you're, you're watching all sorts of um, film. You watch all the games, you respect the analytics and, and, and all that, but really you're an eye test guy more or less. And I think, you know, the first thing I'll ask you is how do you balance being an expert, you know, when you're writing for, you know, let's say this almanac or preparing for a podcast and how, and delivering the information, how do you balance the eye test that you see and then kind of the heart and soul, you know, the more visceral side of football that you get from watching these players and all these, these snaps um, versus, you know, the stats and the analytics and, you know, the, I'll just let you kind of talk about, but you know how it is. There's a lot of snobby analytic people that are out there and, and becoming quite pervasive at this point in the industry. 
Right. And, and my, my party line about that is always, there's no, there's no split between watching film and using stats. There's nobody who just watches film. Like, cause stats are easy. <laughs> like it's not hard to have a spreadsheet. I know how to use Excel really, really well. I, as far as I'm concerned, there are people who just do stats and then there are people who do film and stats. And I think the reason why there isn't as much film well, there's two reasons probably. There's one patronizing reason why there isn't as much film analysis. And the patronizing reason is that's really hard. It takes a long time. It's much easier to just do a do some division inside Excel. Um, and then the non-snarky, non-patronizing reason is it's a little holistic. You know, it's a little, it's subjective. And there is a sort of part of our minds that just wants it to be cut and dry. And uh, so that, you know, the number sides kind of, I guess that maybe appeals to some of our brains. Um, the way that I reconcile, I guess, is being okay with the idea that neither is all that, especially in football, all that terrifically predictive. Um, I certainly in baseball completely believe in sabermetrics. They've, they are predictive. They are excellent. I mean, batting average on balls in play. When I used to cover baseball for ESPN, that was a godsend. I loved it. You know, fielding, in, fielding independent percentage ERA, like all that stuff because of the nature of the sport, because of the repetition of the interactions all make intuitive sense that you'd continue to kind of replicate the same thing over and over again, you get great data. The problem that I have with a lot of data in football is that it's founded on something that's chaotic. It's an 11 on 11 interaction where literally the interaction is never the same. The left tackle falls down in one play, the right defensive end falls down in the other, and you get completely different results because it's so interdependent. So and then small sample size with seasons, small sample size with numbers of actual plays that a player's involved in. It just becomes sort of on some level unparsable. And there are there are better numbers for me and there are worse numbers for me. But I think there's a lot of poor knee-jerk analysis that comes about that people start to justify because they like a yards per carry or they and they just say, Oh, it's a great player, because I like the yards per carry. And I, if you have the fallback position of having watched all the carries that the person had or all the touches that the person had then you can look at that kind of statistics maybe with a side eye and um integrate the two to some degree and express some skepticism yeah i agree i think i'm more of a watch uh the film watch the games more of a, a of the heart I definitely, like you said, the stats part's kind of easy. And then, you know, what that Venn diagram of those two kind of come across, uh, mine's definitely leaning a little bit towards, um, you know, the, the watching of the film and the eye test that I that I always talk about. Um, but you've noticed with a lot of these great new sites out, there is just some of this, the, the word hot take is thrown around a lot. And, there, the, you know, and it's just, it seems like now there is a, a a new new guard of folks that are like, if you don't use some sort of metrics and some sort of hardcore, um, uh, you know, uh, a way to analyze these stats, um, then you're just, you're, you, I'm not going to respect you. And you know, I, I I don't buy that. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, there ain't no right. Perry Farrell said it best. Uh, there just ain't no right in this stuff. So. As long as you uh, try and take care of and, and watch all the different verticals of different, whether it's news, watching the game, actual stats, and you know something that you mentioned is everyone's got their favorite stats. Some people like per per game, per you know catch, 
uh, whether it's fantasy points on the season or it's fantasy points, you know, snap counts. So there's all those different kind of uh, stats and, and ways to evaluate what we love um, and, you know, to each his own, I think. Yeah, it's just it. what I'm trying to do, honestly, on the podcast more than anything. I mean, it's five days a week, so it's a lot. Right. And what I'm kind of trying to do is raise a generation of fantasy fans who expect something better than I really like his yards per carry or don't you realize that his home road splits are bad or they got a second receiver that automatically means the first receiver is going to be bad or good or whatever. They got a new offensive lineman that automatically means that there's, there's, I call them crutch arguments. There's just a, there's sort of an array of bad analysis that isn't like, I mean, there is no such thing as perfect analysis in football or in life, but especially in football, a numbers people, if, if you could show me somebody who was awesome at nailing who the breakout running back is going to be every year just through numbers, that would be phenomenal. I'd be all on board. It just doesn't exist, nor does it exist for film. Uh, but I, my goal is to sort of create a less tolerance for the easy, cliched, tired reasons that people have been promoting for reasons to like or not like fantasy or NFL players for a long time. And I love say like, for example, pro football focus. Um, I think people view, they've done such a good job of packaging what they do as though they are numbers as though they are statistics. But in the end, what PFF is, is subjective viewing of every play grading every single player on every play and not the same person on the same day evaluates every play of that offensive lineman, the whole bunch of different people. They might have different, evaluations of what a good player or a bad play might be but in the end it's a binary that was a good one that was a bad one and then you get a list of all the offensive linemen and here's their number 6.7 right and I, I am all about pro football focus totally i just don't view it as as objective data it's subjective data it's more rigorous than what i do what i do is i watch the same stuff just with less rigor and fewer eyeballs and then i kind of come to my general conclusion just from having having experienced it rather than having graded it all because I'm one person. But the idea that that is a statistically based argument is wrong. I mean, it's statistics, but it's subjective statistics. And the things that people will accept as objective are kind of are hilarious to me because, uh, you know, the, the world is better for pro football focus, but it's subjective. I, it, 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 that's a great point. Now, here's a question I got for you. you. You do a podcast every day with this in mind. You're trying to kind of um, give, give, give a new generation a little more food uh, and fantasy thought to, to chew on uh, from both sides. Uh, does that mean you have to put in a ton of preparation uh, for each show that you do? Do you, do you spend hours kind of preparing it and laying it out or are you, able to with the um you know the experience doing this for over a decade are you able to just kind of wing it and off the top of your you know it's just like <laughs> are, are you you know there's the certain people there's the preparers that just go crazy and there's other ones people that are like lights are on camera action and all of a sudden you know you're just a genius what what kind of uh how do you do in the preparation for your show and uh, I know you're doing some writing for some other uh, entities as well, if you want to mention that. Uh, but how do you, how do you go about your preparation for uh, for a daily or a piece? I wish I was a little more freelancey than I actually am. I mean, in the end, so there's a ton of prep. Well, 
you know, now is different than during the season. During the season, it's just grab on to hold of something and try to hang in there every week because there's right. so much film to watch and evaluate. And and if, you know, I can't just like have watched a game with no notes and then just go like, oh, so let me tell you all this and be like super lucid. I'm not going to be all that. I'm going to stammer. I'm not going to be lucid. So there's a lot of prep there. For the shows in the off season where it's more sort of about the cumulative sense of of what I've watched over the course of the summer for film and for what analysis and what writing I've done over the course of summer, it's bullet points and it's, but it's pretty well thought out. I mean, every show takes me from, from stem to stern. It takes me three hours or so that includes uh, an interview. Like I always have one interview on the show every day, about a half, 20 minutes to a half an hour and uh, I'll prep for that. And then what I'm going to, you know, the half the show is just me talking and it's not nearly as boring as it sounds. Um, but I am in the, you know, I'm in the, I, I don't want to like do what I'm doing now. I don't want to have to think. I don't want to have to ponder. I'm not interacting with anybody. I'm not tossing it to anybody. It's just me. So I have pretty extensive notes, but with, with the flexibility that, yeah, I've been doing this an awfully long time and as i'm talking takes me to some kooky nickname i'll just leave it in it's fine or some silly metaphor or some thought uh it, so i guess i'm more of a preparer than not i'm definitely not just ad-libbing but uh there's there's room for a little bit of ad-libbing in there absolutely i think some of those shows where it's one person you can tell when a person's just like reading off a page that they've kind of like pre-prepped the whole thing versus when it's a little more organic and holistic and kind of, right. yeah, you got your, your parameters and your notes and whatnot. you got your outline, but really it's, it's, it's just the, uh, the person doing their thing. So um, yeah, your show is great. I mean, I'm, I'm always impressed with people that are able to uh, go in and in season every day, knock out a topic and just, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, an author, someone that writes a book and they just know, you know, I wrote, read Stephen King's on writing and he's just like, find your five hours, whether it's in the early or at <laughs> night and just, you got same time every day and you just do your writing and you try and knock out X amount of pages that works for you. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's so regimen, but it's so creative and it's interesting. So I just always, uh, I always admire people that can, uh, can do such a thing. So hats off to you on that. Um, well, cool. I think that covers that. Is there anything else just as far as, you know, balancing the eye test versus stats? Is there anyone out there that, that you're liking to use as a, as a resource, um, that might not be as big as uh, pro football focus or, uh, any of the big dogs Is there anyone out there that is a friend of yours or someone you want to give a shout out for uh, my pyro listeners to, uh, potentially uh, give them a shot. Um, you know, I, I had Matt Harmon on my show. He, the reception perception is yeah. great. I mean, that's based on charting every route that every receiver runs. It's painstaking. Um, that's fantastic. I had Kean Fahey on actually Monday's podcast, the, uh, the Irishman, uh, and, and he's, uh, going to do, do all the film work on quarterbacks. Right. So, uh, again, it's stuff that for in both of those cases, both in Kean and Matt's cases, they are seeing the same stuff that I've seen, but because they've they're hyper specialized in on that position and on really doing charts in almost the PFF model, I trust them more than almost than I trust myself. I'm kind of left with an overall impression, but I'm not stopping and rewatching and rewatching and rewatching every single pass pattern for every player because yeah. I got to go on, I got to move on to the next game and the next position and whatever. And so I almost defer to their film watching. And both of them actually, you know, they do 
sort of metrics based on their film watching. It's a subjective grade that gets turned into statistics in a way. Uh, I think they're both awesome. Yeah, it's pre-snap funny, uh... reads. Pre-snap, pre-snap reads is Kian's website. Yep, yeah, he he's a funny one. He, he people love him and people hate him. <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely. A, I like I like a pre-snap reads. I like the quarterback. I like like you said the film watching. But as far as a, a, a an entity on Twitter, I I brought it up to some of my guys and like, oh, that guy drives me nuts on Twitter. He he starts arguments and then you can't you can't argue back or he blocks you he's 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 funny so but definitely i i hear what you're saying there so um good stuff let's get on to uh to the next point i mean this is just kind of we we do this all on all the preseason prep is for drafting it's a big step in in the fantasy football season no matter how many leagues you're in obviously uh you're, you need to walk away with from your draft with the with the best team in your league or at least one that's up there and you can build on that how do you draft uh do you use tiers i know on your website you have your rankings um, and you have, uh, you know, all the, the positions. And then you also do the top 200 dynasty and rookie, which I love. I'm in rookie leagues and, and those kind of resources are uh, hard to find. Um, so I love it. And you break that out into PPR and standards. So, um, but how do you go into a draft? Let's say you're heading to a draft tomorrow. It's an important one. What's kind of, um, what's your approach? What's your style? What did you bring? What are you looking at off of when you're on the clock? What's happening? If you wouldn't mind just giving me a little insight to that. Sure. I mean, I think I sort of, I infer tiers. I, I don't really call them tiers. I make, I basically make a top 200 and it, and mine happens to be public, but like if, if I have a different league, that's, you know, I have, I have one 16 team league. That's just different. My ranks are not going to necessarily apply. It's some sort of modified keeper, blah, 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 whatever. I'll, I'll modify my own ranks for that draft, knowing what I know, having been it for years, knowing what tends to last, what tends to get taken early. And I think tiers are almost sort of implied in when you put together your own big board. Right. So where did the running backs stop? Where did I start feeling nauseous that I was going to take the next running back? And then I ranked five receivers. Guess what? That's a tier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't call them that, I guess. I don't call call it out that way. And I'll tell you why I get asked that a fair amount. Um, the reason is because I after the first couple of tiers, like what's the difference between a tier four wide receiver and a tier five? Is somebody really going to say that whoever the last person, the 48th receiver is just light years ahead of the 49th receiver. It feels like sort of <laughs> unnecessary, right? So I guess maybe you could say, why don't you just make a tier one and a tier two for each position? And then after that, we'll, we'll be on our own. I feel like that's kind of built into overall ranks. Like I'm sitting there with an Excel spreadsheet when I'm putting together a top 200 for a draft for this draft that we're talking about, hypothetically that I'm going into tomorrow. <laughs> and I will... I will, you know, like, here's my list of quarterbacks. Here's my list of running backs. Who's my wide receivers? Here's my tight ends. Who am I taking next? And I literally just sort of pound the next name in, the next name in, and that's how I build my board. And so, like I say, there's sort of tiers implied in that. Um, what I have with me, usually just the computer. I like to draft out of Excel, uh, just with a list with my big board, basically, where I can where I can unbold the names who are taken so I can sort of visually understand who I think the highest rated player is. I I think I mostly stick to my board, at least within a few guys. Uh, when I'm in the first five, six rounds, I'll just try to take who I think the best value is uh, on the board with the caveat that I can change my mind. If I see that there's a massive positional run that I want to partake in, I might bump someone up. If the, I see there's a massive positional run 
that I don't want to partake in, that I want to zag while everybody else is zigging, I might also change around a little bit. I might, because of the risk that I incurred with the first few picks, I might skip one wide receiver and take someone else. There was a draft earlier today, industry draft with CBS folks, where by the letter of the law in this PPR league, my next running back was Delvin Cook. But I felt like I'd gone a little risky with my first few picks, and I saw Ty Montgomery there, and I thought, rightly or wrongly, his floor just feels awfully safe. Even if Jamal Williams is stealing touchdowns, it feels like Montgomery and a PPR just lock me in for eight points minimum every week, and then we'll go from there. And so I elevated, even though I had Montgomery rated generically below Cook, I took Montgomery over Cook. So that can kind of wind up being a factor. And then as I go along over the course of a draft, sometimes I'll just be like that bright and shiny name that's maybe five or five names below the name that would be highest on my board. That feels like a sleeper that in this league would go great. So maybe I'll elevate him a little bit. But I I think mostly I'm sticking to my board and uh, just trying to get, since I spent all the work making the big board and doing all the research that came in, you know, went into my opinions. I try not to override them too much with my whims in the moment. Yeah. I think that's, I think you got to be a little fluid. Like you said there, uh, it's good to have your board and you know, you craft it and you work hard and you stick to it, whether it's tears, whether it's uh, kind of positionally, um, you know, uh, columned, but uh, by position kind of top 200 or whatever, whatever, however you want to do it. Um, I think, uh, it's always good, but I, I do agree. Sometimes you find like this guy's the highest of my tiers, but I, it, it is hard to craft tiers for the amount of leagues that probably you and I both do uh, for every single draft doing a special set of tiers for that or rankings or board for it uh, becomes kind of tough. So you kind of in the back of your mind have to fluidly know uh, which guys move around a little bit uh, within a different scoring system. So uh, that's good too. How many leagues are you in? Do you think this year? (laughs) Well, there are a bunch of our minds. (laughs) Well, I mean, there are a bunch that, that I don't think are going to get played out. I think of the ones that are going to get, I think there are probably probably eight total that I actually really, I'm committed to having to pay attention to. There's really only three that I care about. Only three. That's ludicrous. <laughs> but, you know, there are going to be five industry type, I mean, the fishbowl. You got to pay attention to the fishbowl. Yep. I, I, and I will pay attention, but I don't. I don't have a lot of emotional attachment to it. I'm I'm going to do my best. But if I miss waivers in week six in the fishbowl, which is P.S. people who are in my fishbowl league, I'm probably going to miss waivers in week six. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I usually don't get too mad at myself. Whereas, you know, the home leagues that that I've developed over the years with different groups of friends, you know, I try to pay a little more attention to those. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's hard and stressful. You're like you're basically because of your stature. And, and I, I get this as well. The leagues I'm in. Um, and not nearly as many people know, uh, know me as they do you, but it's just like, you're expect like, aren't you an expert at this? How didn't you win the league? <laughs> like, you don't, don't you win every league that you ever did? It's like, I wish it worked like that, but um, yeah, I, wish it did know, too. I yeah. feel like, I feel like I make the playoffs every time. Yeah. I'm, I, I always have a good team and I walk away, but people are always like, I'm not going to be in a league with you. You're going to kill us. Like, right. trust me. It's, it's, uh, you know, we do, I, I do very well, but it's not a given that I've got the league locked up, but uh, I'm not doing the Scott fishbowl. Me and stag party did it together last year for pyromaniac this year. I kind of stepped away because I'm in so many other leagues, yeah. uh, but we have about six, maybe seven guys from pyromaniac that have different teams. 
uh, amongst the different divisions in that this year. So uh, he's Scott has really created a beast there. So really, really cool. So, all right, we'll move on to, let's just, I will do one story. If you don't mind um, about, give me a story. uh, Give me a good story and a bad story about being a full-time fantasy football guy. I mean, obviously you said how lucky you are at the beginning of the show and um, you, you respect, you know, the position of being able to do something so fun. And as you call dumb uh, for a living <laughs> and make a good living at that. Uh, but what, give me a couple of just quick hit stories that are the good and the bad of being a full-time professional fantasy football guy. I mean, the good's really easy. The good is most of the time. Um, Honestly, like this, this, uh, this thing that I've been doing for two years now, since I started Harris football has been such a refresher. I mean, honestly, when I, when I left ESPN, my contract was up in July of 2015. So a little more than two years ago and we were renegotiating and I, my heart wasn't in it. And I kind of felt like I maybe wasn't going to come back. And I'd always kind of wanted a a five day a week podcast ESPN. I had a two day a week podcast there. And I'd always thought I I always wondered how I would do in a five day a week. I felt like I had a lot to say because I watched so much film that it would, I would be able to fill the air with like less frivolous stuff than some of those other shows. And so I, you know, I, if, if I had left in January, I don't know if I would have waited until August and done a show like it just the timing was right to say, ah, what the heck? I'll try it. But in the back of my mind, the feeling was. Eh, you know, I'll, I'll have 800 people listening and then next January it will come and then I'll figure out what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. And it would probably wasn't going to be fantasy because that's OK, because like what is what does that mean to do fantasy? For you? It's like a fantasy life. It's silly. Uh, so. You know, I was kind of burned out. I didn't really want to do it anymore. And I said, well, what the heck? Let's this football season's coming. I got all this stuff in my head. What the heck? And instantly it went kaboom. You know, it, within a two weeks or something, I'm getting like 20,000 people listening. It's every to every episode. And it was, it's, I'm so thankful and grateful. And the reason why it's been so, the, the, the nice thing, the good thing that I'm getting to is, this is not like meant to be a humble brag. It's, oh, hey, I'm asking you the question. Right. Okay. It, 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 it's that the connection that I feel with the people who are into this show and the work that I have the almanac and the other work that I produce is so much tighter, closer, more connected feeling than it ever was at ESPN. There was just a distance. There was a level of remove at ESPN where I didn't, I didn't know people. And I couldn't have done your show when I was at ESPN. You're not allowed. It's like a wall. You can't do other shows. I can't have ESPN people. People are always like, Oh, why don't you have ESPN people on your show? Like I, Adam Schefter's a friend of mine. I, I, every so often I ask him, He's like, I'd love to. I'm not allowed. You know, that there I wasn't allowed. So I felt isolated from other people who talked about fantasy for a living. And I felt kind of isolated from the consumers of the product. And now, like, you know, I had a novel come out last year, like a whole bunch of people bought it and like gave me such great feedback. And we have like a book club now on the podcast where, you know, I do special little Facebook live events where I just chat with those people. And uh, you know, I've met a lot of people face to face that I'd never met before going like doing a tweet up in various cities where I happen to be and um, got to know fans that way. So that's a, all a long way of saying like the best part about it is just feeling so much more connected. It's been this avenue to feel like a more complete person. Like I don't it's it's phenomenal. It's great. I mean, I'm so lucky in that regard. And a that's bad great. thing. I don't, I don't know. A, a, seems like I mean, the the bad thing is just the way my body feels in December. 
like every year i'm just fried 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 and i need like weeks to of sleep and i'm just you know not now i'm okay now but like come december after doing you know five months of show five days a week five five days a week shows it's it's a lot and i am pretty pooped but you know it's then i get to take some time off so i it's it's a trade-off i'm willing to make but i definitely never feel my all that great by the end of december Right. And I, I always get scared when I feel burnt out around right around this time of the year. I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be a rough year. Uh, we actually took a, a couple months off for the first time of the podcast and the website uh, back after the Super Bowl for the first time, I'd say three or four years. And uh, it was a blessing. So I, I hear what you're saying uh, there. When um, when do you start writing your uh, almanac? When do you get going on on, on starting that, that throughout the year at post in, in the off season? How early you is know, that? In the it's so nice because I used to have to write that stupid print magazine. Sorry, I called it stupid. <laughs> sorry, sorry, ghost yeah. of the print magazine that I used to write <laughs> anymore. Um, I used to have to write that thing starting in February because they needed it done by the first week in May, yeah. which is so stupid because everything there was a year where we had a big four color thing of Aaron Hernandez. You may have heard he killed a person like it's, it's not, it's not the way it should be. And it was taking the market for granted for year, year after year after year, everybody on com would say to everybody at the magazine, like, are you sure? And they'd be like, yeah, it sells. We got to do it. And we'd be putting bad information out there. Like you'd be in your draft in August with, with ESPN's fantasy magazine and would just be wrong. And so I always I, love it when someone walks into my draft with the magazine. I'm like, <laughs> okay, gotcha. Hope, hope you hope you've been uh, putting your white out on that thing and updating <laughs> it yourself real time. Right. As and so over on the Pony Express. Right. So I made myself promise, like I'm not touching this thing until June, and that's probably right. This year it was it was about right after Memorial Day that I started in, but I didn't go crazy with it in June. I basically like work half days uh, starting to write the profiles. And then really July is where I busted my tail. So it took two months, but the only the really July was super intense. Well, buddy, I'm going to make sure I, uh, I'm going to make sure I pick up a copy of it. I like it. I, I you know, I think it, I've never, uh, I've never purchased it before. It just being uh, uh, transparent there, but it looks great. You give a nice little uh, sample of what you get there. So I'm going to, we sell a draft kit ourselves. Uh, and, you know, through that, whenever somebody buys it with PayPal, your PayPal just gets stocked up with cash. And I, I I'm always looking for things to buy online with PayPal. Cause I don't ever use that money that I make from, from our product <laughs> other than stuff to buy online with PayPal. So it's that funny thing. I don't think I've, have you ever done a, 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 a transfer to your bank of PayPal money? Yeah, I do. I do. It, yeah. Smart. This thing does, this thing does well. I mean, it's a, it's enough money where you would definitely not want it to be sitting there. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so it sold well last year. So the story behind how it happened is basically someone I met someone at a tweet up in Austin in the win in like, I don't know, March of 2016. And they said, Hey, I love that magazine that you used to write. Are you going to do that on your own? And I was like, probably not. Cause what if 10 people buy it? It's a lot of work. Even if it is a PDF, it still takes a long time to write. It, it would be a bummer if, if there wasn't demand for it. And so I sort of had, I'd thought of it, but I'd put it to bed in my mind. Like, I'm not going to do that. And he said, why don't you do a Kickstarter? And I was like, Oh, mother bleeper that's a pretty good idea <laughs> so i did and then it was yeah i mean people i use i essentially used kickstarter like as a pre-order if i didn't yeah. hit the amount of money then i was they just get their money back so so it did well and it's even doing better this year so it's great 
Good, good, good. Awesome. Uh, good stories. All right. Um, these ones will be kind of quick hit and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll rock through these ones. Um, who's your league winner this year? And if you got one, more than one, or want to do some across different positions, go for it. But, uh, you know, maybe like a seventh round or later guy, it can go super deep at the end. But who's a guy that you think that you're getting at a value ADP and just could be, if the stars align, be that guy that's an every week starter for you and a total difference maker and winning you and your uh, f- loyal, faithful listeners a championship? <laughs> You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily have one. I mean, anybody. So, so I'll, the one thing I'll say is like, we're recording this on March four, uh, March. It feels like March, uh, August 14th. <laughs> and I actually stay away from ADP basically until the end of this week. I, I make it a point to not do an ADP analysis until I'm through the almanac and I'm through my position profiles on the, on the show, because I really want my, um, opinions to be my opinions and not be influenced by the market at all. I don't want to go, Oh, look, I'm really high on player X. I better back off a little bit. I just want to stick my now as people are starting to do drafts and mass and this coming weekend, is going to be the first weekend for that. Certainly I'm doing lots of ADP talk and I'll, and I'll have a better sense a few days after we talk right now that, that like where I am on players compared to the market. But that isn't to say that there aren't some players like in later rounds that I like pretty well they're just sort of later rounds for me and you might say you idiot he's going in the fourth so i'm just prefacing by saying that yeah 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 no Um, i'll never say that but i like i like i like hearing that that's smart yeah it was basically because i did this for so many years right where i would have the other espn rankers kind of all around me on the web page and you can't help but have your eyes drift over to what carabelle thinks or barry thinks or cockroft thinks and then you go man i'm totally out of step maybe i need to hike that guy a few spots and I think I'm doing a disservice to people. Okay, so anyway, you get the point. Um, players who I'm interested in, who I found that I'm getting in a lot of these industry mocks, I mean, I'm getting John Ross a lot. And I recognize the AJ Green factor is not going away and that maybe you say that's that caps how good he can be. I, I can see a Deshaun Jackson type season that if he's my number three receiver or say a, like a fourth flex kind of player, I get him a lot late in drafts. Um, I get CJ Procise a lot. Just film-wise on Procise, like you want, I do have him rated third of the Seattle running backs, but I have him like one spot behind Thomas Rawls. If you want to talk about who has the best film between those three players, Lacey, Rawls, or Procise, I mean, it's no question it's Procise. Maybe he can't stay healthy. Maybe they don't trust him. But his good moments in between being completely broken last year, he was a superstar. He was a stud uh, as a runner and a pass catcher. So I don't mind sweeping up him up a little bit. And I'll say for all the stat hype on Hunter Henry, his film is immaculate. Antonio Gates could be a huge impediment, but the hands on this kid, the flexibility, the ability to catch a ball thrown behind his head or down at his feet, I think he's going to be a superstar. I can't promise it's this year, but I'm certainly interested. I'm on board with uh, – I'm definitely on board with all those guys. I think the Ross thing that, that I also like is he's an amazing route runner. I think he could be able to have effective weeks – uh, for fantasy owners without that Deshaun Jackson bomb uh, happening there. I'm really high on uh, Dalton this year. He's pretty much uh, one of my league winners. I love, I think the drop off at quarterback after him, I usually I'm getting Dalton as my second quarterback. I love it. I think he's going to have an outstanding year. And I think Ross is a huge part of that. Hopefully Eifert can stay healthy between now and the start. And yeah, AJ Green, but Ross is route running and just his ability as a wide receiver uh, on top of that, just deliberate jaw-dropping um speed 
I, I, right. I agree. I like Cause like Because, Derek, what if he's Antonio Brown? What if he's Odell Beckham? Totally. Like, I'm not saying he is, but he didn't look like just a straight line runner at Washington. Like, totally. what if he's what if he's legitimate? I mean, AJ Green's AJ Green, and he's great. But like, if you had AJ Green and Odell Beckham on the same team, I don't think you'd only throw it to AJ Green. Exactly, and I think the fact that one you got obviously AJ Green's carrying the better cornerback, uh, but the speed of an Odell and the speed of a guy like Ross, you have to keep. You can't let that guy get bat by you. So a nice out pattern, a nice butt, a hook, you know, it's, it's, you've got to respect that speed and he's just going to have a lot of field days with some, lo- uh, some short routes that it's just going to be open. He's quick and he comes out of those breaks. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by him. Uh, I hope he can not, I hope he can uh, take the rigors of the 16 game season, but I, I think that's a great call. Uh, awesome. That's good. Good. Good to hear. I'm liking a lot of these rookie, uh, um, I'm loving Zay Jones uh, as well. I think he's ready to shine. And uh, Corey Davis, I, I me think too on Corey Davis. Me too, totally. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm getting Corey know. Davis in every draft. Corey Davis, I can't believe it. I see Decker and Rashard Matthews happened to me last night in the expert draft. Um, I didn't get Corey Davis, kind of like what you were talking about being fluid. I had already had a little too many rookie. I had just taken like a uh, another rookie, and I, I don't like drafts where I come out with too many rookies. It's just like it, it seems like a good call, but then you've got too many rookies in your team. So I didn't end up getting him, but every draft I'm in, Rashard Matthews is going in front of Corey Davis. I don't understand it. I don't understand the Eric Decker thing too. They're, they, those guys are going to eat into one another. Corey Davis, if healthy, is going to get snap counts uh, that rival the, the top tier wide receivers. So, and he's, you know, obviously they spend a lot of draft capital. So Corey Davis, I do not understand how the other two wide receivers are getting taken before him. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I have Corey Davis rated the highest of the three of them too. Um, I'm not, sh- you know, I think people maybe are finding the excuse of being freaked out by the hamstring and just saying, ah, hands off, you know, it's going to be Devontae Parker all over again. And maybe it will, but where you have to take him, who cares? If I'm taking him in the 10th round or whatever, like, who cares? I'll, just, I'll cut him. Uh, exactly. All right. Who is, um, this is just one quick question for you. Who is, um, who's Mr. Irrelevant for you? Last pick of your draft. Uh, you know, it's an open season. You've got, it's the last pick of the draft. Who's the guy that you'll take a chance on and just what ifs Mr. Relevant that could do something for you. Who's a guy that you, that you're seeing that way. You know, I don't know if this is going to be true for a lot of drafts, but I just did, um, CBS's big giant IDP, like it's 26 rounds or something <laughs> where, where you're starting. I think I can't remember. Maybe you're starting eight defensive players or 10 defensive players. So it's a, so it's essentially a real size draft, but throwing in a ton of defensive players. And my last pick in that draft was Alfred Morris. And I'm like, why, why not? Like, I, okay. Yes. The last time I saw the Cowboys have make a choice between Morris and Darren McFadden, they chose McFadden sort of shockingly to me, but I can't argue they definitely did, but McFadden might, might go in the sixth round for the Elliott owner. And if the, you know, in that particular league, the Elliott drafter, uh, took McFadden and then just let Morris sit there forever. And so at the end, I was like, well, okay. I mean, I don't, it probably doesn't work out, but if it does, how am I not, how is not the, by far the highest ceiling of anybody you could possibly take it in the last round? Love that one. Love that one a lot. Um, that's a great call. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the last one and then um, uh, we can shut this little party down, my friend. Um <laughs> 
which players are you or player whatever are you staying away from who's kind of got your fade crossed out on your your big board taken sheet taken all the way off because you just don't want them in the top two rounds who's who do you think that guy is or who's that guy been that you've been noticing who are you staying away from oh i had an answer and then you said top two rounds i'll just say that my my instinct answer well so i can try to do both my instinctive okay. answer once before you said top two rounds was mike gillisley yeah and it's it's mostly because there's a presumption that's being made by the market i'm i've been all these mock drafts and seeing him go fourth round fifth round and i'm really i'm really surprised i don't have him rated anywhere near there because i absolutely think there's a pretty big chance that it's either someone else or a mix of guys the patriots don't have a long history of 18 touchdown running backs you know they have they over the course of say the last 10 years about half the years you get a double digit touchdown guy and about half the years the job gets chopped up and if ever there was a year that seemed like the job would get chopped up where you sign all these players and you have four of them and maybe i don't know maybe Deion lewis gets cut but you're still going to have White. You're going to have Burkhead. I'm pretty sure you're going to have Burkhead, and then you're and you're going to have Gillisley once he's healthy. Like I don't, I don't think it's a one-to-one relationship with like Eric Blunt. So I'm I'm not on him. And then I don't know. Is Keenan Allen going in the second round? He's that going. So, he's going high, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you, I think he's going high. I'm not. You're not that. You're not down with the Keenan no. Allen program. I, I'm not. I mean, I had him way when I when I wasn't sure about the ACL, like whether he's even like upright. I had him ridiculously low, and now I've. I've bumped him up to the point where, of course, you know, he's for me, borderline top 20 wide receiver, maybe 21, something like that. But that's way too low to get him. People are just willing to forget. You know, I think it's hilarious that people are all over uh, Sammy before you before you got traded to the Rams, where there's another reason to hate him. But, you know, Sammy Watkins was just the scourge of fantasy, always injured. Ugh, I can't stand you, Sammy Watkins. Oh, come on over, Keenan Allen. Oh, yeah, no, you can be on my team. <laughs> Like, wait, isn't it the same problem? Aren't they essentially? I mean, I grant you now the situation is much better for Allen, and I would take him ahead of Watkins. But there's there's a a gun shy feeling that I have about Allen injury wise that the market apparently does not share. Yeah, I agree on both those guys. Awesome stuff. All right, hey Chris, it's been great having you on. You know, our listeners know we don't usually uh, we don't usually do, do interviews uh, with people. That's kind of something that um, we've done on the Pyro Podcast Light with Pyro Mo, and now uh, Heartbeat is doing that on the Pyro Pulse Heartbeat. He had JJ Zacharyson uh, last week, so uh, might get might hit you up at some point um, from Heartbeat, sure. one of our main guys. Um, sometime in the future to have you on the show again, but um, it's been great to talk with a guy that I respect him and uh, following for a long time. And uh, as usual, you've given some great, uh, some great mind share here for myself and for our listeners. So really appreciate it. Of course, Derek, it was really, it's very flattering to be on and uh, your, your words are very kind and believe me, they are felt heartfelt. I am very appreciative for you saying that. Thanks a lot. Cool, buddy. We'll get to it. I know you got some more fantasy stuff to work on today. I do as well. Um, you're the man. Good luck this season. Sell the hell out of those at Almanacs and uh, keep growing your user base. And uh, Godspeed, my friend. Thanks, Derek. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to that little interview with Christopher Harris of HarrisFootball.com. Guy knows his stuff. I'm sure you've probably been uh, someone that's 
read some of his stuff uh, either while he's been on his own or from back in his ESPN days, but I really appreciate him coming on. Uh, that was pretty awesome. So uh, basically, uh, the music that we uh, heard today is Annual Noah's by The Trail of the Dead. If you don't know this band, just on Spotify or on your Apple Music or if you're a title person, just check out some of their music. They are just unbelievable. Um, I know that the lead singer, Conrad, has moved back to the States. He's in in Austin, Texas again. I think they're going to be recording another album, but just live there, just off the charts. Just one of my favorite bands. Um, just one of my favorite bands. God, are they just awesome. I just love everything about it. All their al- albums are awesome, and seeing them live are great. But the first opening song was Let It Drive, uh, and this is off of Worlds Apart. I believe this was their third album back in 2005. Maybe no, their fourth album. Um, but awesome, awesome album. And that's Let It Drive, open it up, and then we're going to do Will You Smile, Again for me is going to be the closer. Here we go. I got Daisy grabbing some water in the background, slopping it up. Uh, here we go. Annual notes by the Trail of the Dead, closing it out. Will you smile again for me? One of the best live songs you'll ever see in your life. God damn, it's good. What's up, Dookie? You woke up. All right, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. This is D Rex of Pyromaniac.com doing a solo show out. Enjoy. Win the, let's crush your components in these, or your opponents, not components, in this draft. Here you go.
you, man. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.